Soul Knox Podcast, and I'm your host, Carl Hikara, and you're listening to episode number 59. This week on the podcast, my brother, Matt Prizo, is uh, on here to talk about his new album with Sick, which is called Cast Below to Rise Above. And this, uh, this, this conversation, we deal with black metal as a whole and like a lot of different things, but we also specifically go track by track through the album. So uh definitely recommend giving the album a listen before you listen to this one. But uh, it's not necessary, ne- necessarily necessary, so to say. Um, maybe the conversation will inspire you to go check it out. Either way, uh, I, I recommend you to go uh, give the sick album a listen. It's a fucking amazing. It's going to be in my top 10 definitely for this year. So you got to give it a listen. Um, yeah, so we talk uh, track by track uh, through Cast Below to Rise Above. We discuss, um, uh, yeah, other stuff regarding black metal and different different topics. And, uh, yeah, it's, it was a really great conversation. I always enjoy talking to Matt. I'm definitely going to have him back on. Um, and, uh, yeah, maybe I'll have him on to do some more stuff like we did that Nosferatu episode um, not too long ago on the Patreon. So, you know, uh, I'd like to get him on to talk about some other stuff as well as, as a, you know, everything that he's uh, active within. And um, obviously, also Matt has, is a great artist. He did he has done the art for the issuing. I'm not reissuing because I never issued them in the first place, really. But uh, I'm um, releasing finally um, demos that I made about ten years ago um, as a series. It's going to be a series of five releases altogether um, to cover. I'm kind of doing the <laughs> the whole process um, in a kind of weird way where I'm kind of starting in the middle of the project's life and releasing stuff from which I mean maybe probably eventually I bring this project back uh, anyways but uh the uh project for Kolkas um because I have you know I started that project in 2009 um but I'm primarily releasing material from uh, about 2000 uh, I think of 2011 2012 into 2013 so um but part of that reason is because the stuff that I was most proud of came out of in that period. So that's the first stuff I wanted to lead with rather than doing it in historical uh, kind of accuracy. So, um, the, uh, so yes, he's doing all the art for this series. I have three out. I just released one last week, um, called, uh, the garden of blood and bone slash the crimson queen, which is a compilation of two demos. And, uh, yeah, you can go check that out at verkolkos.bandcamp.com. Once I get done with the um, this series, then maybe I'll um, have Matt help me uh, do art for the first half of Verkolkos' career um, as well. And uh, we'll see. We'll get we'll get to that when we get to that, and we'll focus in on the, what I'm doing right now. And, yeah, it's all kind of a prelude to uh, actually releasing new music, which is in the works. Uh, but I wanted to get my history out there. Uh, as a, you know, it's one of those things where I can sit there and be like, "Yeah, I did this stuff." But, you know, only like three people have heard it, four people. You know, so no, I want to get this out there to the public, and I know that it's good, and I've had a great response. So it's pretty awesome. And Matt's done amazing artwork for that stuff. So yeah, so that's what's going on this week. Um, uh, later on in the week, I think I'll be releasing an episode with Scott Taysom of Cloak. Um, uh, kind of in conjunction with the kickoff of their, uh, their uh, they're going on a major tour right now of Uada and Ghost Bath. Um, I'm gonna see if I can make their show here in Denver. 
I, I was hoping to have some car issues um, figured out before then, but we'll see. Uh, maybe some maybe things will work out where I can actually make it. But either way, I'm going to get the episode out. And, uh, yeah. Um, and uh, what else? I guess I should get into the plugs. So uh, I mentioned the Patreon a minute ago on patreon.com uh, forward slash Soul Knox podcast. You can sign up for $2 a month on the Soul Knox uh, podcast. Patreon, try to do at least two episodes a month, sometimes more. Uh, which is why I'm only charging two dollars. So it's a, you know a dollar episode or something like this. Um, uh, Matt, Matt was if you like uh, listening to this with Matt, you can go uh, join on there and listen to a conversation we did about uh, Nosferatu from 1922. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just doing a Dracula series, and uh, yeah, should hopefully not too long be able to get the uh, the next uh, part up. Um, There's a little delay on on the next one because I'm. I need to buy one of the movies still. But then I'm going to get into it. And, um, yeah, so patreon.com forward slash soul knocks podcast. Um, yeah, big help. And, you know, I appreciate everybody, who, the people who have already signed up. And, uh, yeah, anybody else who signs up, I will I will give a shout out uh, over here on the main feed, you know, because uh, I appreciate the support. Um, so then I'm part of a uh, kind of club band a group a gang a gang of podcasters and we call ourselves the horsemen of the podcast apocalypse every other monday you have Horwolf wolf 666 with brandon legion every tuesday you have into the necrosphere with jackie schmidt every wednesday you have uh everything went black with mike hill every thursday oh wait and uh, mike hill and i do a series that's split between everything went black and solanox called darkness weaves about the work of carl edward wagner and the next episode of that should be coming out next week i believe um or this week this upcoming week so keep an eye out on wednesday for that i believe it's supposed to be out and then they're going to be uh, doing a really awesome i'm sure it's going to be a really awesome uh, two episode series about um about the masterpiece called True Detective, which I actually just rewatched last uh, this week, um, and kind of getting ready for that, and uh, it was amazing. Yeah, always amazing. Uh, although it does make you feel dirty afterwards because of well, the subject matter. On uh, Thursdays, you have Necromaniacs with Mike Hill, Mike Scandato, and Jeff Kashid. Fridays, you have uh, Break the Apocalypse, which is now called. Sp- Spitball Media, I do believe. Uh, yeah, they just changed. Yeah, Spitball Media with John Draper. Um, then on uh, Intermittent Times, we have Iblis Manifestations with Cheyenne from Trivax. And that is all the horsemen. I also have my other brother, uh, Mycelium Signal with Konstantin Tuonohove, part of the Tuonenporte Collective over in Finland. So be sure to go give his podcast to listen. He's done stuff with Nas Alchemeth, Richard Gavin, and uh, Martin Locker, amongst others. So go uh, give him a listen and a follow, and give everybody a follow. Rate everybody on this, on uh, whatever you're using, and uh, all that kind of stuff. And you can follow me on social media, either my name or uh, under Denver Underground Radio, which is the online radio station that I run with my friend Ken. Uh, com. We have shows every Tuesday and Thursday Tuesdays is Darklands Which is my show uh, Which is Black Metal, Death Metal, Dark Ambient Thursdays we do um, The Upstairs Room Which is Dark Wave, Goth, Post Punk That kind of stuff 
Both the shows start at 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and you can tune in uh, live at DenverUndergroundRadio.com. Follow us on Instagram, and you can see our set list as well as uh, posts about the podcast. And yeah, I think that is the the plugs, the pluggy to plugs. And so, all right, so yes, we're going to go ahead and get into the episode now with the great Matt Parizzo. And uh, I think it's appropriate. We're going to start it off with The Awakening from Cast Below to Rise Above. Hope you guys enjoy. Hail Satan.
I want to say welcome back to the podcast, Matt. Thank you very much, Carl, the Reverend. It's good to be back. Good for our second chat. Yeah, with uh, your triumphant return, like with your, as Jackie would say, with your uh, your new album. You know, yeah, as, yeah, with yeah, cast with out, the release cast, out there. So, cast blow to rise above from sick. So it's kind of yeah, why we're talking the now. Big reveal. <laughs> I sort of put everyone in uh, surprise mode because I did say I was going to come out. I think. Tomorrow it was supposed to come out, <laughs> but that's just me. I'm spontaneous. Yeah, I think that's why I had you scheduled. The well, the episode would come out at the end of August, so and that's part of why I think because it was like you said yeah. it'll, it'll come out in <laughs> <Right>. August. So <laughs> I did, I fuck anyone's schedule. Just trip, just leave with me. I will fuck your schedule up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all right. You know. But, but yeah okay it comes yeah. out when it comes Just, out and you know people can hear the podcast yeah, and it was go back to it you know it, yeah it was ready and the more i listen to it the more i fuck with it you know mastering and mixing wise i've listened to it like i've listened to that album probably about uh, over a thousand times i'd say and just scrutinize the shit out of it and then i go back and i change this i change that and it has come to a point where i was just like if i don't release this now like I never will. It's just right. yeah, just be happy with it. It's 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 good enough. You know, I've done all I can, like, you know, on my own to the to the level that I that I can get it to and fucking just release it. So that's pretty much that's why I released it when I did. Yeah. What well, is that that saying? I I'm not sure where it comes from exactly but it's like as an artist be it any kind of artist musical or if you're a you know paint or anything like that like you have to realize one of the biggest skills of being an artist is knowing when it's when the work's done and when to just be like okay it's good because you know like you at a certain point like you yeah. really could just keep if you're too perfectionist you could just keep working on something and it could never be done you kind of have to at a certain point you have to go okay this is good enough this is close uh, to my vision as possible. It's good. You know, now work on the next thing, like yeah. put it out there. Like that's how I was even with, with art as well. You know, like I found that a lot with my, my like paintings I do where it's like, um, I just go until I'm like, okay, it's done. I can't think of anything else to do with this. If I do anything else, it's probably going to fuck it up. So it's good. You know? Yeah, been there many of times where I have gone to that extra length and then I have totally fucked it up. But a saving grace is I always take, um, you know, always take pictures as I go along when I do a painting because for some reason when you take a picture of, you know, an artwork, it always, I know, it looks different and you can spot out the imperfections or you see something else that you can, you know, that would, inspire you to oh yeah i've got to change that or i can add that so it can work but if you do go overboard go too far it will fuck you and then yeah it's it's yeah it's beyond retrievable sometimes yeah i've had some times with uh with music where uh, i've ended up having to go back to an earlier mix you know you know how you like will mix out stuff and render it listen to it and you'll go Okay, now I fucked this up, so now I have to go back to the yeah. earlier mix and just use that, you know, <laughs> that I mixed out, you know. Oh, 
hundred percent. That's that's how I saw like uh, that spells of torment uh, split. You know, I've listened to that because I I don't want to listen to that because I know like now I could uh, actually do a better job. <laughs> so uh, there's a hint for everyone out there, any spells fans out there. There will be a remastered version of that split with those four songs. So oh, really, that will, gonna... that's my next project. You can try to get yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, fix it up. Um, make it yeah, how it should be. Should have been, you know. So there right. you go. There's a hint. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking we can uh happen. talk about the album a sick album and maybe go through like each song and kinda of talk about what their song's about and you know, all that kind of stuff and you know, some of the things that I've lost you. Oh, did it cut out? Yeah, just cut out. Sorry, man. <laughs> All right. So I was thinking, like, we could um, go through the sick album, like, you know, talk about each song a little bit. Yeah. And what? Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's, you know, it's, uh, I don't know where we want to start, but I mean, we could start with the whole uh, concept of, of the album, um, which is, you know, it is a story, and that's why I made it a concept album as such. Even though, if you didn't know, it probably doesn't resemble that at all. Um, usually, concept albums, you know, some would just be like a one one track for like you know. I wanted to make this like a like you know like when you're watching a series on on Netflix or something, you know, like. It's a, every, every song is an episode. Um, so that's why I, I tried to make it um, with all the soundscapes and and all that. I wanted to make it like as kind of cinematic as I could in a musical way. So, this, you know, the whole theme about it is is this devotee of, of Belial, you know, like he's, he's really, he's worshipped him all his life. But still stood in this in this realm of like um, not unsureness, but reserved. I think you know. He's, so you can imagine like my my setting that I had in my head was um, a very um, let's go like say you know fifteenth century um, in the woods, lives on his own, he's a bit of a hermit uh, type situation. Um, so. Yeah, pretty much. He just it, the day comes where he just needs him the most. You know, it's coming to his. You know, he's he's at the back end of his life, and he's he needs to open the gate for himself and to the path that he wants to lead in the afterlife and who he wants to be with. Um, so that's when he takes takes that next step into into summoning Belial and, you know, accepting him into his life and into Belial's life, you know, as such. So um, that's pretty much like the whole story. So it's like, you know, this old guy, Hermit, who's reaching out, he's at the back end of his life and he's taking that next step. He doesn't fear death, but he's he wants the afterlife to be with the one's that he feels closest to that he's connected to. Right. And uh, the album's kind of, I guess, like set up to be like an ritualistic type of, uh, type of structure, right. You know, like 
the the whole yeah exactly album. right yeah because like 100 like um like the first song let's see the first song is the awakening so um which yeah i mean like you said your the whole album like really flows really great you know each song flows to the next one like with the the samples and everything like that like and i think the awakening is a really good way to open up the album with like the um i think yeah. it has the cello at the beginning and everything like you know yeah that that's why like the start the riff is you know it's like this um his everyday life kind of it resembles that like it's this um sort of mundane kind of balance in his life and then it's like bang like he has let's do it and that's when the next the chant comes in so you got that this the intro with the cello is like this real you know haunting very mundane it's his life as he as he is now and then bang then you get the chance it's just like the like he's the awakening spiritually mentally he's he's like the time is now right he's kind of snapping out and that's of when the... it's like boom right he's yeah sna- snapping snapping out of his, out. every day yeah like mundane yeah yeah and he's like this this is it this is the time i've i've, I've i know the signs and I've, I've heard them and now i'm going to embrace them so that's when boom the big chants come in um is the the next song the adherence is it kind of like uh and this is this is the start of it so yeah. that's why it's like the adherence is like the beginning, like the preparatory stage of, of getting ready for the ritual in a way. So he's- yeah, so exactly. So he's got the awakening. He's 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 telling Belial, you know, here I am. I'm ready to connect. And I'm ready for flight, you know. And then you yeah, then it carries on to the adherence. Which is letting him, letting Belial know that he adheres to his ways, to his culture, to uh, his connection, to you know spiritually. This song is has a very aggressive feeling to it as well, which kind kind of fits with that idea of um, kind of uh, I guess channeling that that kind of energy of Belial, right? Which has a very kind of aggressive yeah. energy, yeah exactly right because he's held back for so long and he has like mentally and spiritually he has this build-up of energy and it's just like bang here i am and i've i've i can deliver all of me now and this is me calling out to you the highest notes you know it's very it's an aggressive song but it's very emotive in a way i'd say most of the tracks are like they have this emotive feel to it in a dark darkened sense and I think it's just that's just how I write. That's my influences, you know, over the years. It's um, this is why this is like a this album, and there's been a build up for such a long time. It's just that I didn't have the puzzle. You know, I didn't have the pieces all lined up, and and know the direction that I could go with. Um, so it's like it's it's been un, like amazing. This is like my it's like my baby, you know. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's yeah. That that's the adherence. So that's why yeah. It's it's that's why it has this aggressive feel, 
you know, it's a nasty riff. And then you go into the, you know, some more of a, you know, sort of death metal feel where I'm, you know, muting some of the riffs. Yeah. It has like, so just, yeah, it's a kind of death metal. Well, I think like, I think it's, this one has some of the death metal riffs. Like they're very catchy too that like, you know, like sick in your mind. And I think too, like you have some more aggressive parts that also kind of make me think of like uh funeral mist or Marduk or something at, at yeah. times. Well, that's kind of runs throughout the whole album. And there are certain elements that kind of bring to mind, like, and particularly like with the use of like all the samples and stuff makes me think of funeral mist as well, you know? Yeah. And even with this, even with the samples, most of the, all, not only all these samples and soundscapes I created myself. And it's even to the point uh, like, for example, um, we'll get to it, the arrival. At the intro of that, you'll hear these, it sounds like rocks falling. And then it's not, it's like an, into a, you know, a chasm or a cave. And that's not even, that's not even it. I was just at work and I work at a power station and we emptied one of the giant silos. And it, they're like, the silo is probably mm -hmm. um, maybe 30 meters by 10 meters. And it was empty. So, and my workmate colleague, he tapped on the side and that's what that's what came out this echo okay, and i was yeah. like get fucked that sounds so fucking good so i put my phone in there and i said do it again and i just recorded it and it's yeah just simple things like that you know yeah. that's, that's, that, one, that's one of the things i like about know, the, the sampling natural, natural sounds yeah there's something I like about the sampling you yeah, use just, that has that kind of uh feeling that reminds me of like i don't know like one of those noise bands like mz412 or something like that you know like yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely like you know i think a lot these days a lot of sampling is just all made like it's all pre-generated but to be able to get these sounds naturally is like that was the whole that's what i'm about that's what i wanted to do that's why i got rose on cello i didn't want to do a keyboard i wanted like everything to be on there as natural as possible as I could possibly do. Um, even with on the summoning with the chants, that's all me. And I had like, um, I use like beer coolers. Mm -hmm. Fill hot and filled it like with quarter with coins. And I was just shaking it. And that was my, I had me sticks, my drum sticks. I was making, yeah, man. And I did my all natural voices, man. Like all, yeah. I sung all that, all those chants myself. That's awesome. Yeah, because yeah, yeah the, the summoning is the part of the album where you have the the guy like summoning Blyle, right? You know, it's like it's got this very yeah, exactly. ritualistic feel to this track. Yeah, yeah, that's one. That's it's all you know. The images in my mind, I had to like you have to create. You know, it has to stay with the theme. Has to like put yourself into that. Like it was way. It's it's like your fantasy. Like I was just like I need to make this as convincing as possible and sometimes you know as you know with music it's very hard to do like to get a message across and how why like what's this song about so you need to add those elements in where you're just creating you know there's those chants and people will go fuck the, yeah it's it's he's this is you know he's having a chant he's summoning he's having a ritual you know, it could be a lot of different things to other, you know, different people. But yeah, trying to capture that that emotion all the way through is is 
was was testing. It was the most fun because I, I wrote the song so quick, and the longest part was doing the soundscapes. Right, it was getting all the sound effects and stuff like that. Do you think, like, in a way, the kind of energy you put into so, yeah. it? So then, yeah, that's yeah, the summing. Um, I think we're get we're having the. Uh, What's that? I think I think it's like cutting we're out. Having the lag. Yeah, we're having lag. Do you want... Oh, do you, want... do you want to put on pause? <laughs> yeah, let's pause for a second. All right. So yeah, the uh, what I was saying, like with with the summoning, do you feel like sometimes when you're doing the uh, all this the work for the soundscape parts, like particularly like that one, where you're doing the chanting and doing all this stuff, do you feel like you're kind of like in a way emotionally putting yourself in that point where you're chant, you're trying to summon Belial in a way in the music? You know what I mean? Yeah. So the, yeah, that's the thing. So with the lyrics, um, with uh, the adherence, the summoning, the arrival. They are all actual chants, so they're right. actual. All the all the words are they're actual chants, right? They're like kind of channel like this, like kind of conjure, yeah, conjure, yeah. Uh, tap into the force of Blyle, right? So exactly right. So when I'm listening to it, I'm actually like, and if you're singing along, you're actually you're actually doing the spoken word without the actual ritual. Right, so it's kind of like it's kind of like a musical ver- version of a of a full on ritual, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I think that I love it when black metal is like that. Like, you know, like your bands, like um, I don't know, like Chaos Ritual, like their album Swat uh, Morganrod or whatever, like has elements of that where, you know, they're literally doing like chanting. It's like very ritualistic, you know, like or Close yeah. to Ghoul or some of those kind of bands. Like, I really like that kind of. Yeah, exactly right. Like I, you know, I've <clears throat> like I listen to bands where they do. There is a few, like, a, and so many bands that sing about Belial or any any one of the demons, and but it's all in their own words, and it's all this. Um, what's the word for it? Very fantasy driven it's like yeah this it's typical words that i always hear is you know demons of darkness gonna you know slaying this and you know it's all you know demons and angels you know biting and crushing you know all that typical fantasy type situation um which is like i like it it's good it's, it's good it's it's very metal but I like the more serious side where it's more, it's the, to me, it's the more realistic side. It's, you know, my, my beliefs aren't, you know, this, um, this typical fucking, I'm the most evil motherfucker on the planet and I'm going to destroy every single fucking Christian and all that, you know. Yeah. All the kind of fantasy type of stuff. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. you know, that's I'll, I'll admit that's how it was when I was younger, when I was, you know, 16, 17. You know, I had the, I had the best job in the world because I I used to make coffins. So, you know, I'd still fucking big crucifixes and walk around the street with fucking big chain, big fucking inverted cross and, you know, and people were scared to live and look at me and stuff like <laughs> that. And it was very empowering, you know as a scrawny little kid and you've got these big dudes <laughs> scared of you because you look different and you're a, you're a, you're a Satanist. 
um, it was very empowering. But as you get older, it's more, um, as you know, it's more of a connection mentally, spiritually, um, and understanding ways, not just, not this, uh, this, this world of make believe that you've, you know, derived from images, um, movies, you know, it's all, it's all good. It sets up for a good, good theme and atmosphere, but. Um, I think as you get older, you have that more of you start understanding that spiritual side, the real spiritual side, um, you know, up in in that mind of ours. Yeah, well, I particularly feel like nowadays with black metal, like um, you know, like I feel like black metal in a lot of ways spiritually has kind of grown up in the sense that, like, you know, maybe back then it was like a lot more you know definitely there's more fantasy I mean, it was like you know teenager stuff but that that led to them getting into it for real so then you have you know particularly in the early 2000s i feel like you had kind of this transformation of black metal with the orthodox black metal scene things like this where you had like real you know people are like maybe they're for real about it in the 90s in their own way but it was still a bit more fantasy but now they've like figured out the truth and they've really connected these forces in a spiritual way and done ritual work and done all this kinds of stuff that that kind of transformed the genre so it's like nowadays you can have a band that that's doing something in a bit more of a fantasy way and that's fine but i I prefer that when you're doing something like old school you know i mean if you're like oh i want to tribute to kind of like 80s you know black trash bands and write something that's all about horror movie satanism or something you know like that's okay for me but if you're doing something that's supposed to be more serious you need to take it you need there's no real excuse to be do it talking about this stuff about knowing what you're talking about you know in my opinion you know what i mean yeah exactly right 100 percent. and you know that's it's it's the progression of of human beings in general you know we we're very immature when we're young and we and we're like a sponge and we're all taken in we we take in every word and every whatever we find cool must be it's it must be the truth and and all that but yeah not to get older where you you know and you and you find uh, whatever path you lead, you find that that connection that you connect with, you know, whether it's uh, a singular demon or many of, um, you know, it's something that's sort of it kind of re- represents you and how you are as a person, how you perceive life, um, you know, like Belial, I sort of call him the the demon of equality. You know, everything is, is harmonized and equal, as in, um, you know, you, you sacrifice this much and he gives you this much or more. Never below, never less, but always equal or more, you know. Um, right. And like- that's how I am in life. If someone treats you shit, it's, you know, you're not going to respect that and you will do exactly the same or worse. <laughs> You know, yeah. I feel like Belial is a force too that, um, you know, requires a certain amount of sacrifice as well. Like his, you know, but he'll give you strength in return, or you know. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, you you choose with the, you know, you know within yourself what you need and what you'd like to enhance, and through that sacrifice, and you know, it will come. But you have to be. <laughs> 
everything, mind, body, and soul needs to be committed. Yeah. It's not just not just a partial thing. So um, I don't know. It's like I said, it's like something that's that's relevant to you, you know, that you can relate to. Do you feel like in a way with um with the album, like you're talking about the adherence and stuff, do you feel like there that for you it's also like been a part of like um like the album in a way is also relating somewhat maybe like your own spiritual like um yeah, experiences like it's like an outward expression of like you know having a, like your own like awakening and your own adherence to this force and giving it to you or you yeah, know very much so and it can it, it can relate to anyone um but absolutely 100 percent because there is that time in in your life where you do have that <laughs> that awakening and that adherence and you you've chosen the path that you want to lead that's right for you that works for you that you can connect to like easily you don't have to you don't have to like like try you know hard to to achieve that you come anything that comes naturally is is usually the, the path you know yeah. yeah but that's because you've that's because you've opened your mind um and devotion you know inner devotion you've you've committed yourself and that's what makes it easier yeah well, i feel like you also have to have knowledge of what it is that you are and what how your path is going to lead you know like like you have to have a, a certain level of inner awareness for you, of your own self self-awareness like to say okay this is who i am and so this is my path naturally because this is who i am cut away from all the bullshit of society and yeah and uh you know a lot of nonsense that we're kind of programmed with you know what i mean yeah it's a lot of lot of breakaway as we as we're young because we're very influential and um sometimes very behind closed doors we 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 think and and we know what we want but we don't want to be judged <laughs> right and we live in a very judgmental society so you know a lot of people are very hesitant into being open and that's the that's the biggest part of it the part where you can break away from that society to that you know um it it creates that wall for you just to let go you know the, the typical saying is oh you know for for a you know gay man to come out <laughs> it's like he's coming out of the closet and so forth and then all of a sudden they're really happy or um you know as as for a satanist to be to be freely to to have a chat and a conversation with someone and, and someone ask you and you say, yes, I am a Satanist. I'm proud of it. You yeah. know? Yeah. I definitely so. experienced that too. Like probably in my twenties, uh, I was a bit more reticent about just being fully just like outward about, about to a certain degree. I mean, I was pretty, I didn't ever really hid, hid what I was into necessarily, but you know, like you felt a bit more like, you know, whatever reticence as i get older though like i mean at this point i don't care i mean like people yeah. it's very easy for people to figure out what i'm into now particularly with the podcast and everything you know what i mean like i don't hide yeah, it so. <laughs> exactly exactly right from what you wear to how you talk or what you're into you know it's and but it's, it's a time in your life where you you find out who your people are you know exactly and that's yeah. that's who you attract in and they that comes as well you know over time you attract your kind of people, right? someone you people you connect with, 
and the other and the others it, it's not even a, a you don't even think twice about that you don't care about that it's like yeah you've chosen that path and that's fine and this is mine yeah yeah sometimes i think about that like when i'm out and about like you know going to the grocery store or something you know what i mean and and just like look at all the people and they're all just you know so normal like just normal people living their normal lives and they you know like just yeah. definitely don't feel like too i feel like yeah we're on two different pathways and that's fine you know like but i'm like you know i definitely don't really connect with like well, with them, you know what i mean no no it's, it's funny because i think about it all the time like you go to the supermarket and you see these people just it's like this weekly uh you know circle this going around around circles all all they're worrying about is you know, work, paying the bills, you know, cooking dinner, you know, going to soccer practice. It's this, you know, this monotonous circle that they live, you know, most of their life just doing. And you you can see in some of them, they look drawn and and tired and and very mundane personalities. Like you can just tell their personalities. They don't have much. There's you know, there's no variety that not being their true selves because they're just stuck in this mundane uh, lifestyle. Yeah. Kind of prepackaged, you know. When, uh, yeah. That's, yeah. It's like NPCs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, you know? this comes about that. Like, yeah, these people walk around, they're just like, they've, they're so part of the system, you know, like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, and there's, there's that kind of mid people who aren't really on the same page as like people like us, but, but they're more awake, you know what I mean? They're more aware. Like I get along with those kind of people better, even if we don't have like a whole lot in common, but they're like, at least have like personalities that things they're into, you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> they're exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Some of their, they're passionate about, they're into and yeah. That's how I get you. Yeah. You know, and uh, particularly like, you know, being in the horrors and then you can meet people who are like in horror, but they're not really like into like say metal and all that kind of stuff we're into, but maybe a bit more normal but they like horror you know what i mean that's but at least there's that something that you're kind of like okay it, yeah. it's funny when you see people are into horror and you go how can you not be in metal <laughs> yeah i know but I've, I've met a few people like that you know <laughs> yeah absolutely there's plenty of them out there yeah, no, yeah. why would we listen to that <laughs> yeah it's kind of weird i wish the horrors then i go listen to taylor swift <laughs> okay yeah yeah it's, it's, it's weird to me like because yeah metal and horror just go so well together but you know i know of course, you have the people who are in the like punk or something, but you know, even there, they're a bit a bit closer to where we're at. You know what I mean? So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah so like the summoning is summoning Blyle, and the rival is when he the Blyle kind of comes, right? But we don't have his voice yet. That comes at the end, right? No, so, no. So we've had, you know, his you, like within. You know, you've connected. Yeah. You know, you've you've reached out. You've he summoned him. He's there. But he doesn't know what you want right. or why you are why you have summoned him because you've you've just done that first part, which is just connecting. Yeah, and so that's why the 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 start of the arrival. Is, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> that's why at the start of it, it's very um, the intro is very uh, ominous. You got um, the, you, you got the, the sounds you talked about earlier. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. So you know, it's it's very, it's very you know in you can see that connection sort of 
it's more spiritual that the sound that you know the soundscape that I tried to create was um this this spiritual connection. Right. If it had a sound, if it had a sound, that's probably what it'd be, you know. Yeah, so, trying to trying to create like just a a, a sound and a tone of um this of this kind of connection with with, with wild. Yeah, it's it's more yeah. of an out of out of body experience now. Yeah. I one of my favorite songs on the album is the next one, which is the ceremony. Like I really like the the soundscape parts of this and the, and just the whole the whole yeah, song was, I really like a lot, particularly the way it goes into the last song. Yeah, it's um it's that that was the first track I, I wrote for Sick. And then I released it. That was in December or January. I think it was maybe January. And that was the first track I'd done. And it was very rushed. Like it wasn't rushed in the sense that I'd rushed the whole song. It's just rushed that um, I could have paid a bit more attention, but I was so fucking excited <laughs> about, you know, the first first sick track and the you know, first track I was really stoked about. Um, and then, you know, five months later, after I, you know, I wrote uh, most of the album, I went back to it and I just... I wasn't happy with it. I wasn't happy with the sound, the guitar sound. So I rewrote it. So it's it's it stayed the core of it, like drums and everything stayed the same. Uh, the vocal stayed the same. It's just that I rewrote the, the guitars, um, which were near close. Uh, like the back end was exactly the same, but the whole front end was was different. And it worked out heats better because the vocals. The vocals are a lot different. So as you as you can uh, listen to the album, every song, the vocals have are uh, changing. Yeah, I do. They're all like every song. You, like is is there's there's differences in every every track, and that's yeah. just because their progression. I want to make even the vocals a progression. That's you know that's why in some of these tracks, some doing is you know like <laughs> I'm yeah. like really. I'm connecting. I want to, even the vocals had to be convincing. I didn't want to do this, this, you know, just this black metal scream that just was there just because it was there because I had to do it. This is telling a tale. This is telling, I'm like, I'm performing the rituals. I want those words. I want the pronunciations. I want everything to be delivered in the most convincing form as if it was done right next, you know, in a room with you. Right. Yeah, I think that that's part of vocals are a big, big, um, plus a great thing on the album. Like, I really like your vocals on it. And, um, again, it's almost like where sometimes they have that feeling of like, um, reminded me of like Arioch from Funeral Mist, where it's like how his vocals are all, he never does like the same vocals, you know, it's like kind of transforming or like Attila or, you know, people like yeah. this, like Gaul, people like that who seem to kind of try to transmit different things in the vocals where they're not always doing just the same exact vocal like throughout a whole yeah, album. Like, yeah, I like exactly that. Right. And then this, just those names, that's what was, you know, that's what inspires me that, you know, vocals that can do that and have that range and be able to like change according to the, like a track or an album theme or just how they are feeling at the moment, you know, at the moment, like Attila, like I love his, you know, it's he's he just makes mayhem sound so ritualistic. 
just his delivery, the what he does, spoken word to his highs, you know, it's it's variance, and that's what makes it more, you know, intriguing for the listener as well. Yeah, like Attila does does a lot of different types of vocals, and he does like even like the sing chant singing stuff that he does, and you know, like yeah, um, it's fucking amazing, man. And it was like. It was probably a big um, influence, I would have to say, like at this because Mayhem toured Australia at the start of the year, and when I went and saw him, I was just like, "Man, this is this is just fucking like insane! Like this man is fucking incredible! Like the shit he does with his vocals." So I was, I would say, like going to that, just going to that show was from vocally, it like sort of, it taught me, it just gave me inspiration to 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 really push myself vocally and let's if i do this i've got to make it convincing i want to make it i'm seeing about a ritual you know a summoning and i want those kind of elements in it so that's why yeah i really had to push myself with every track with vocally what what other are there any other vocalists that kind of were like inspirations that you kind of were like looking at like like you know, not trying to copy or anything, but just kind of like that gave you that kind of inspiration as well. Yeah, no, nah, I couldn't. I couldn't say. You know, it's it. All the greats are there, but uh, I wouldn't say like until it was inspiration. But it was inspiration in a way of delivery. That's probably yeah. the the best way to put that. So I've never. I've met with Blackman. It's funny. Hey, it's not until I did like sick that I really like really. <laughs> really pay attention to other people's vocals to be honest <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah it was like you know i like like always you know pick out good vocalists and you know people are really pull off really well and go fuck i don't know how they how they do that or you know if when you hear like last yesterday i listened to a band called um rotborn and to tell you the truth, i haven't heard a fucking death metal vocalist like that in fucking so long like I was going, who like, fuck, that's a, like unbelievable, unknown band from Brazil, fucking phenomenal vocalists, absolutely fucking phenomenal. So there's those moments where you come across vocalists and you go, that's fucking incredible. But I've never said I want to sound like that. I want to do stuff like that because you just can't. You know, our vocal, our vocal cords are all different. You know, just you've got to understand what you can and can't do. I suppose you can teach yourself to do some stuff, but um, I'm just lucky enough that what I can do really matches my music. Right. Yeah. I've always, for me, like I remember um, I've always, you know, usually just kind of do vocals naturally what comes to me, but then like there are some vocals that, that really uh, inspired me to try different things and i would say like attila was definitely one of them and um ariot from funeral mists like and um and i would say like the later stuff from torog from behexen like you know the later the last you know last three behexen albums were like those types of things like because like i I started getting into this idea of like the lower vocals in black metal like not just like doing the high pitch screams and not just death metal vocals with this kind of like i guess those kind of mid-range kind of vocals that those bands do where it's sometimes almost also verging on this like shouting at times too you know like where you're kind of bringing a little bit of that and that that kind of almost hardcore element at some night 
here and there as well. Like I kind of, yeah. I like that's, that. Yeah, exactly. That's probably where I'm at as well. Yeah, yeah. I definitely your vocals are kind of like and then you you sprinkle in the higher pitch normal black metal vocals as well. Once the right place for it, along with everything else, I think having a good range yeah. is really important for vocals because. I mean, we've all heard plenty of black metal bands that just do like the same goddamn vocals throughout the whole, the whole album. You know what I mean? And it, yeah. it just and, gets repetitive. And, you know? and yeah, exactly right. And some of it, it works. Some of it works, and that's what they do. And yeah, and that's cool. But uh, I can't do those super high, screechy uh, black metal vocals. It just doesn't. It's not not me. I don't think it was meant. I'm not. I'm not meant to scream that 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 high. <laughs> so. <laughs> you know yeah it's yeah and black metal is a very like you've got even with vocalists you know vocals like you've got this like narrow sort of spectrum that you that you can play in it's not like um you know if you're playing black metal people expect you to do these highs and sort of so not that it limits you but if if you start going a bit too low and a bit too much of that then you then your class is black and death or which you could class seek as well. And I don't mind anyone saying that. Um, but yeah, vocals can sort of like differentiate the genre that you're actually playing. They'll go, Hey, it's black metal music, but it's got death metal vocals. So we'll call it black and death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess like, although I still just call it black metal. If it's like, if it's, it's about like occultism and Satanism and stuff, it doesn't really matter if it has, death metal riffs or some death metal vocals yeah. you know what i mean like or you know whatever like you know i think nowadays it's a little bit less uh particular though i think probably in the 90s it was a lot more like you have to have these kind of raspy you know high-pitched vocals yeah. or it's not black metal and nowadays i think that it's definitely uh broken open a little bit you know what i mean yeah it's like i will can... say like it was funny like doing what are you saying? Doing um the vocals, uh with the with the uh, the ceremony. I will say in doing those vocals, I kind of felt when I was doing them and listening to them, I felt like I was you know, uh Dracula and I was in my castle. The way <laughs> I was producing those, you know, the words, and I was like very, you know, I was blood drunk in in my castle, and I was like, it's so I did have this. I did have this sense in my head how I was singing it, <laughs> but it was cool because it was like I was I was becoming that old that man in the in the track, but it was fine listening to it going, "Geez, I said like this. He's if Dracula, it was just if he had a black metal band, you know, this would be his vocals." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's the funny thing about black metal vocals for me yeah. is that um, when I do them, it's it's like I have to be in the middle of the music transmitting whatever the lyrics are and stuff to do the vocals right like i couldn't just like be sitting here and then be like you know do it the right way you know what i mean just like out of nowhere it's like oh i'm now just gonna yeah. like you know it would just you know what i mean like i have to kind of get into that mode yeah, and i'll create vocals oh you do it comes out the way it comes out yeah. you know, like, like all my demos that's how it was yeah. just, you know i'm just yeah i totally get it because i've like i wrote so my, I was like, which tracks were they? I remember, I think it was the Adherence, and what else was there? It was two tracks, and I hadn't touched the vocals because I was was like, I wasn't feeling it, and I hadn't like the song was there, ready to go, and I couldn't wait to do the vocals. But every time I'd go, 
you know, this is the weekend, this is the day. I just wasn't feeling it and I just wouldn't do it. I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing it until I am like in the zone. Like you just have to have that feeling. You're like, right now I'm ready. This is how I'm going to deliver it and bang. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a good, that's a good way to do. It. I mean, a lot of the demos that, that I show you and stuff that I did, a lot of those are the first yeah. dates. That was just like, I had the lyrics. I yeah. kind of, as I was like writing the song, I kind of was like getting the phrasing down, like while I was playing it in a way, you know, like as yeah. I was recording yeah. it. And then I just went, I just did it, and it was what it came out was what came out. You know what I mean? Like exactly. That's exactly how I do it too. It's like I know the lyrics are there, and I just get that melody. But it's just the way that you deliver it, it can go on the day if you're feeling it, and you just like you just put this extra emotion into it. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky enough that most tracks, I'd say four out of out of the six was like first take. And I was just like, yes, I've got it. And then I had one track that I had like five guys at it. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come that's on. That's how that works. Yeah. When I just fucking do it <laughs> for me, like doing black metal, the kind of extreme black metal vocals and stuff, like it's somehow more easy and more natural for me where I can just kind of do that. But when it comes to actually like singing, I have to like practice a lot and do yeah. what it takes usually because it's like, like when yeah. actually, you're like driving when I, home going, <laughs> and seeing, <laughs> well, seeing how long you can you know, deliver it, take the biggest breath. I remember sitting there doing one track and I had the microphone and I'm singing and I'm dribbling out of my mouth like, it wouldn't stop and it was just like dripping on the floor. I was just like, <laughs> I can't, I can't stop. I'm going to keep going with this. And it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, made a fucking mess. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I really love is the way the ceremony ends and then goes into the opening of the dragon God and the last yeah. song. And that, that, um, that opening like sounds sample or whatever at the beginning of the dragon god what is that like it sounds awesome yeah so that's when i got um tim from the inventor so he done the end of the adherence he done that sample at the end of that track okay yeah and which was which originally i asked him could you do uh, i wanted him to do the intro for the album so he the the end of the adherence was was made to be the intro for the album and then I listened to it, listened to it, and I was like, uh, and then like I did the awakening and 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 Rose done the cello, and I was like, nah, this is this is the the opening track. Right. Because it's telling the story. So then I had to fit that intro and I was just I listened to every single track. And then I had to like I put it in heaps of different ways, and it was just like it blended in perfectly with the at the end of the adherence. And I was like, perfect. And then it wasn't until later I was like, was did the Dragon God, and I was like, this needs a real powerful intro. And you know, I I I could do something, but I, I wanted to be, I wanted it to be from like somewhere else. And I knew like Tim's just a magician. Like he fucking he's amazing at samples. Like he's just incredible. So then I yeah asked him to if you want to do the intro to that track and i told him everything about it this is what's going to be and then bang like it was you know five days later he, he sent it to me and i was just like get fucked like this is like exactly perfect yeah that, perfect that, perfect it has that really heavy like kind of like a 
horn type of sound or something like it sounds yeah like... yeah it's very um you could even take you know sort of this you know the viking uh horn you know yeah it kind of it has that feeling of like yeah you got the the horns of apocalypse or something like something like yeah calling exactly out. like so it really builds for like this this entry like the gate is open the abyss is opened up and you know it's the grand entrance you know, it's like, uh, you know, another image could be from like the movie The Cell, you know, how when he's there in his red cape, you know, it's this real fucking dominant force, you know. Yeah. You can just feel the power and you just like, and you're jealous of it. You're like, I want that power. <laughs> right. But that's what the whole, the whole, that whole intro is just got to be, had to be, um, triumphant you know very glorious and very appealing that's what i like about it it kind of reminds me in a way of um uh some of the stuff on on the satanist by behemoth where they have like those those horns and stuff like yeah like on like the last song that album like which i really i've always really liked that because i love that album i think it's probably one of their best and it's like it has that powerful satanic feeling to it you know like these horns yeah it does it's it's funny i've sort of driven away from behemoth uh since they've become probably more mainstream um and some of their stuff just sounds the same now but i think the satanist was, was that turn that album was like the turn into that in new that was the to me like to me like at this point i kind of just fear like the satanist was their last album and i just kind of pretend like they don't exist anymore that's, that's yeah that's what i'm saying like i, I think the satanist was was them saying this is the direction we're going to be doing now yeah. um and but, get used to it <laughs> but in a way like, it, was, it was like the kind of culmination of the their thing i remember after the, he released the album it was like well i don't know if we're gonna even do anything more i was like i wish he had just called it quits since that album because it was you know it was a culmination of what yeah. they had been doing and it was like and do I, that and then then go do your your what was what was his other band what's the other band's name i don't know me, me and that man or whatever that stupid band yeah you should just yeah you should have done that <laughs> yeah yeah exactly because i kind of like it has been harder to like this like behemoth since then but i kind of go okay like i like the older stuff they were great live to see them for the same yeah. you know like yeah i like that but era. I, I agree with you i agree but with you i think i hate the last two albums like they're horrible yeah no nah, i wouldn't even wouldn't even give them a listen to be honest when they came out and i was like ah, oh, it's just it sounds the same 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 shit it's it's a it's a it's a cash cow now yeah this is regurgitating what we did yeah. before yeah i kind of just exactly. look at like it does pales in comparison to the satanist or the apostasy or evangelion yeah. or any of that stuff or even their old black metal stuff you know it's just like yeah like, i don't it's it, it's a shame because it still has elements and i could still do it but um yeah look they're bringing they're bringing you know black metal to the masses and I can't discredit for you know for what they're doing, um, what they've done for the genre, as such. But as for for us that have been listening to black metal and listening and following and listening to them since the start, you know that's it's not good for us because we just go ah oh, man like <laughs> was, for, for me it's been kind of disappointing like where Nergal was say at that time of those earlier albums like. And where he is now, like he just seems like he had some kind of he almost seems like a different person sometimes where you just like 
Where was the guy who yeah. was like looked like he was on fire, like channeling like this forces, you know what I mean, in his music, and now he's just like fucking yeah. you know, I don't know. I don't even know what he's doing nowadays. It just seems like he lost his way, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah, I don't know whether it well yeah, I you know <laughs> money talks and bullshit walks. <laughs> yeah. It's an, it's an unfortunate thing that can, it can happen to people, you know what I mean? Like Yeah. It's yeah, it's just the way way of the world, you know, we can uh get very uh quickly good you know, we're creatures of habit and and indulge and I suppose, you know, he's indulging in 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 the rewards of uh, where they've what they've achieved and where they've come from. So and that's why, you know, even their shows now, it's just like I think where was I reading? Someone was reading, um, like they must have been playing with Cannibal Corpse. And they're like, Behemoth was the, I think they were playing underneath Cannibal Corpse. And Behemoth had this real big stage production. It was all choreographed and it was all fucking fantastic and and nice. (laughs) And then Cannibal Corpse come out and it's just the fucking band. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, well, that's what we came to see. That's what we want. That's, you know, this has come from the fans. They're like, this is, that's, that's the band. Right. <laughs> we didn't come to see this, this, you know, show, you know. I don't mind. But it's, that's the path they've, they've taken. It's like yeah. this more dramatic I don't mind choreographed. It. I don't mind show. it too much when it's not digging too far. I mean, I saw them with that show of Campbell. It was okay. I, well, I saw them for, I saw Behemoth with Watain. That was a really cool show. I mean, Watain yeah. are another band that put on a good show, but they like really, oh, they're like very ritualistic. You know what I mean? Like exactly. Was, yeah. They're just, that is just next level. It's like fucking intense. And that, that was when I still took, I could still take Behemoth seriously. He had just gotten over his leukemia, like seeing them live. Yeah. Like he looked like he was like on fire, like on some other world. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, I felt like okay, this these guys. I felt like looking at watching them then that this guy was like for real. And then after the Satanist, I felt like they just put up everything that he was in that album, and it's almost like they just should have yeah. they should have quit after that. You know what I mean? Like, and, <laughs> I, know. Yeah. I saw one film clip, recent film clip, and I was just like, oh man, on a rooftop or something in New York or something. <laughs> it looked like, and I was just like, oh, I can't watch this. Yes, yeah, I, I can't. I, it's not good anymore at all. Like I've seen clips of your newer show. I'm just like, this is horrible. What is going on? <laughs> I was waiting for Nicki Minaj to come out or something. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of weird too, because um, Inferno, you know, drums and behemoth, he has another band that's really cool called terrestrial hospice. And that's like, yeah, I, I don't know if you heard that, but that's keeping it real old school. That's just like, it's him but, yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. Like, I think he's, <laughs> I think he's in it just to keep the dollars rolling. But his heart is still purely black metal. Like I always, always thought it, and I still do think it. I think he's the odd one out because he's too. He's still old school. Mm. He still has that old school fucking aura about. I think you've paused. There you go. Yeah, like pause for a second. <laughs> yeah, like Inferno is still doing like the terrestrial hospice stuff like and yeah being black metal so it's kind of funny that yeah yeah i respect that <laughs> yeah but uh going back to the dragon god uh we sort of <laughs> way out of that one <laughs> 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 tell yeah. us what you really think yeah uh, 
But yeah, but it was yeah, and that's um, going back to that, like the the whole track. I've that's why I asked uh, Jason Pepiart from Psychroptic to is to play the part of Belial. It's like I can't I can't sing the part of Belial because it's not. That's I'm, I'm the old man. I'm the I'm the man who's summoning, and that's why I had to like. I mean, the reason why I reached out to Jason as well is because when I, Jackie played um the summoning on his show he reached out and said man he absolutely fucking loved the track he's like this that is a killer track like it's fucking unreal and that's when it's like i think maybe a month after i was like well fuck i need uh a vocalist for the last track to play belial and i know that he's good with his highs and lows um with psychroptic so I asked, asked him to, uh, if you want to do that track, and he was like, yeah, for sure, definitely. <laughs> he couldn't wait. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was good. And then, yeah, with his vocals, I had I had sort of uh, his highs. I just put down a, um, another, another set of vocals, but I just did like two octaves lower to give it that demonic, you know, uh, possessed kind of, sound like you know watch a horror movie it's always the the high and low and when the demon's speaking so yeah i want to sort of emulate that sort of heightened vocal range which i think he i think he does that in psychroptic as well but um yeah i like, I like that it's kind of mentioning of deicide as well you know like when they do yeah exactly right well, same yeah. thing yeah exactly right and i think what well, napalm death got glenn benton to do the highs for barney's vocals on um was a track on Harmony Corruption, but yeah, he did this, he did the reverse, but yeah, same, same concept. And then with the choruses, it was just like him on his own because he's just belting it out like it was so. He, those choruses are so powerful, yeah. He's just yelling, like it was just like, oh, when I first heard it, it was like, yeah. I was a bit, it was because it was different than my vocals, it was like a little bit, it took me like a day or two to get used to it, but then I was just like, nah, this is that chorus is like so good. Yeah. Well, that's that a song is probably the most catchy song on the album in the way, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of catchy riffs and stuff going on in the rest of the album. But that song is like, that's yeah. like the, uh, the, the single, if you know what I mean? Like it's got like the catchy chorus and it's like very powerful. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I think the sound, like I had to make this, I even made the sound different in that, like the guitars, are, it's more um, dirtier, so yeah. it's really everything's sort of loud and like because he's this is Belial, like he's come and it's like this massive force. So I wanted to make the even the sound of the track different. Um, so you know, guitars are louder, the drums are more boomy, like got this more air, like more air air in it. Yeah. So the snare's more snappy. Um, so I just want to make it more beastly, like it's fucking, this is the new, it's a whole entity coming, not just the vocals, but the whole track. Right. So, and then those, yeah, because it had those catchy riffs, it was like the perfect ending um, to end, end, you know, end the album. It was originally going to be a seven track um, album, but when you have that feeling, when this is, that's it, if I put something else to it, I could have wrote, written another song. There's no dramas about that. 
It's just that I just felt like it was it was complete. Like it didn't need anything uh, more or less. And yeah, just leave it. Yeah. The only thing I could, you don't, yeah, I, I wouldn't, this is a great closing song. I guess you could have put maybe like a little outro type of thing at the end or something, but I think the way you did it is fine. You know what I mean? I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was going to, but I thought, um, you know, it's already an eight minute track on its own. And I don't know, I didn't want to, if I did an intro, like a soundscape uh, outro, it just, um, I don't know, it's very typical um, yeah. to do. And that's why I was like, no, nah, I just want to keep this like raw right to the end. You know, it's yeah. just it's still Belial. I don't, I don't, it's not, it's not a closing chapter. And that's what, that's how I sort of saw an outro as a closing chapter where with summoning a demon or there's no, it's not ending a chapter. It's just, he's, he's there forever now. And that's kind of why I chose that riff just to carry on and then just like, you know, volume just go down. And yeah. It's going to fade out. Fade, fade away. Like he's still there. Like he's, he hasn't, he hasn't left. Yeah. <laughs> he's still the, at the end of the uh, album, there's not, it's not, not a closing. It's just like, it's, it's a, it's there. Yeah. And it's, it recruit. Yeah. So there's, there's someone else coming real quick to uh, to follow up on this album, so um, it's gonna it's very relatable for this. This is going into you know to who Belial is loyal to. <laughs> That's all I will say. So his part is, if anyone knows demonology and Goetia, like he's part of a pact as well um, with another demon. Right, who's higher? Who's higher in the ranks? Like you'll know who he is. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but he's he's one of, one of the guards. You know, I would I call him one of the one of the heavies. Right. Probably. So it's gonna the album is gonna continue on into to this next next one. Yeah. So you yeah. possibly hear that riff riff come back. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. So there's heaps of ideas, and I've got. Um, I've got Robin Stone who done all the drums, so he's back on board for the next album as well. But there, there will be—I will say there there will be a track coming out before the end of the year as well. Cool. Yeah. One thing that I I like uh, your production is very—I uh, like it because it it's um I guess like a bit more mono in a way where things like everything's kind of like you know you don't have like a thousand guitar tracks it doesn't sound like it sounds like yeah. one or one or two guitar tracks just like right there in the center and everything that's right and um, yeah i like that because i don't know i feel like nowadays like so much metal has like this prescripted like you have to do it this way or you know whatever like with like the stereo guitars and everything has to be exactly the same but i, I always feel like that's kind of bullshit like when you look at like you know, well, because something like Under a Funeral Moon, I mean, that 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 song, album basically a mono, you know what I mean? Everything's just like straight. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, that's what I, yeah, exactly. That's what I like about that because, like, I see black metal as a, it's got to have, it's always been about their emotion, about how it makes you feel. And I feel like I can listen to a fucking great album, like, you know, this year, say, Cattle Decap 
their latest album. It's fucking amazing and I fucking love it. And it's heavily produced, but that's what they do. And I know I understand that's what they do. And and everyone knows that I mean I like raw. <laughs> when I'm playing my, you know, for spells of torment or anything like, like it has to have that emotion. I think if I went, I could definitely do the overproduced guitars and the multi-tracks. Um, but I I'd so I would lose the whole feeling of the album. It'll be even harder to in, like to gather that that emotion and what's happening in in these tracks, the ferocity um, of the riffs. You know, it's just it's earthy, it's natural, and it's like that's that's how I see you doing, you know, a ritual. Yeah. You know? Well, if you're particularly if you're 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 doing the song like with one or two guitar tracks, like you know. And and you're playing all the way through, right? You know, like you're putting that energy and emotion that, of the song as you're playing it into the music, right? You know what I mean? It's kind of the same yeah. as if like you have one of those bands where they play the basic tracks all together. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're putting that that gives that so much more emotion and intensity and energy than just like sitting there and you know. Oh, just record like this part of riff and copy paste it and all kind of stuff that a lot of modern bands do. And to me, it, yeah. that kind of starts to sap away that energy and intensity of actually just sitting yeah. there and playing the playing the song through. And then the other thing too is like, um, particularly if you're self-recording, doing stuff by yourself. The thing is, is the less stuff you have getting in the way, the easier it's going to be to make it sound better. So if you have a guitar track, bass track, drums, yeah. and that's it, you know, yeah. like is your main tracks or you or maybe two guitar tracks, bass, drums. You have a lot more space for everything to to there's heaps heaps more space and that's exactly right. Like you've got so much more space, more freedom to incorporate those, you know, whatever you want to add into it without compromising your riffs or the drums. You know, it's like the drums, like I think, like like the drums are probably they are probably the most produced out of all of it, the most mixed. But I find that it's with black metal, it's, it kind of has to be to an extent as you want it, the clarity, um, but you still want them to be. I don't know I use the word earthy, <laughs> more natural. You know, some something's not overproduced and sound and. It, you know, I've spoken about this before with like Tom's. Like, Tom's are, are supposed to be powerful. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm exactly. I hate one thing I fucking hate is when I hear, you know, like they sound like tin cans. Yeah. Like, I don't care how fast you can play them, but they've got no, there's no oomph in it. There's no power. There's no, you yeah. know, it's like, it's where a lot of it's just ding, 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 ding. I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, what I would rather you not do that. <laughs> it's just it's fucking up your riff as well like you know i hate so, i hate the the tick tick drum like bass drums when bass drums are just like tick 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 and you're just like this yeah. is horrible like why how did anybody think this sounds good it doesn't matter what kind of music you're playing like usually it's more yeah. technical death metal does like the little tip tap like bass drums but it's just it's just horrible it doesn't matter what kind of music if you got yeah. tip tap like perfectly like every like i don't know when drums are like just so perfect and 
you've drum replaced, you've replaced everything. And so it's all just computers. Like at that point, you, why do you even have a drummer? I mean, you probably should have programmed them yourself. Like if you're you not going to have, yeah. and you're not going to have any exactly. real drums, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly right. If you heard, if you heard like most of the like drum tracks from this day and we went back 20 years ago, we would have said that's a drum machine. <laughs> And yeah. everyone would like frown upon it as, as we all did. If you use a drum machine, like a lot of people frowned upon it. It's like, it's not even real drums. <laughs> but that's the sound that we're getting these days is very, very processed. And that's, you know, it works for a lot of bands and, you know, I you accept it. But for me, we've, you know, we're sick. And that's why, like, even with, say, the Dragon God, it's a different drum sound for that track also because it had to be big. I had to make a large larger than i could make it you know that's why it's like the snares like heat's more snappier but the kick drum is like more not a click it's more of this fucking bomb you know yeah i don't know that see, that's that's what i like i mean like to my for me like i look back at even like say um seven churches by possessed like that has an amazing drum sound you know what i mean like it's powerful yeah. you know that album Absolutely. as a whole sounds powerful as fuck and I don't know why we need to have all this like processed drums when you can go back to an album made in oh. 1984 and it sounds a thousand times more powerful than the shit today. You know, totally, hundred <laughs> percent, because that's how it's supposed to sound. Like oh, some of the best like Tom sounds of like what I'm inspired about is like the first Tyricon, Dark Medieval Times. Those Toms in that, those rolls and stuff is just fucking like iconic. Yeah, it sounds it's like, like war drums. Yeah, that is. They are the most like in my opinion, like that, my favorite drum sounds <laughs> ever. I get I froth every time I listen to that. I listen to like the drum rolls and stuff. I just go, oh, I get fucking goosebumps because it's so fucking good. I just go, that's that's how they're supposed to sound. Yeah, you know, even um like I like I um like Satanic Rites by Hellhammer. That was that was recorded like the drum sound is like probably one microphone recording those drums and they sound fucking powerful. You know what I mean? Like yeah exactly right we did the same we did the same thing with spells of torment yeah so austin he just used his iphone yeah he put his okay. iphone in right in the right position and that that's how we recorded drums and it's crazy and it's, you can get a good sound that way i mean like it's just like i don't know i just like i'm, I'm kind of baffled at like a lot of new stuff where it's like why do you even have a drummer if you're just gonna like replace everything quantize everything like it's nonsense to me like yeah. it's like stupid yeah. like <laughs> you know yeah i, that... I, I guess too like so like you know like stuff like rotting christ marathon those kind of bands they had a real drummer but they had to record through like a electronic kit because of the way things were and that yeah. even is for me better than what's going on now because yeah. at least they're performing it you know what i mean like for real well i'll have to admit like when i was with my other bands um hatescape which i'll have to send to you one day yeah <laughs> We did two albums like drumming that that's primarily what i am a drummer i've drummed for 30 years um but uh on one of those albums was like was that during COVID? i'm pretty sure yeah the second album but i had to record that album on an e-kit yeah and <laughs> but it made it heaps easier and we got a good sound you know it didn't and- we'll say it didn't feel right but at the same time <laughs> it's like well we you know got the job done and it's it's you know. still like better if you actually have somebody playing it and it's not just all like 
You didn't just say, then yeah. you didn't go after that. Oh, we're going to replace <laughs> everything, quantize it and everything. I felt like, better. I felt better once I played live <laughs> on that yeah. album. I was like, uh, I need to play live because I want to show people that I'm using the real drums. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, like with my, uh, my drummer, we rehearse like a lot of times, like with his e-kit, just at his, as a, his house, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because he just runs through an amplifier or whatever. And that's just easier yeah. for rehearsal. Like, Cause I can just go over to his house and we can just like oh, play absolutely. or not too loud. It's a perfect, perfect but, situation. Right. Cause you can, but, you can jam anytime. Yeah. But it's like, um, you know, we might record, like we did record like, um, some rehearsal stuff, like on like the phone on our, like the sand, like galaxy or whatever, like where I placed it, like, cause he was playing yeah, through yeah. A, an amplifier and I was playing through his amplifier and was like, it didn't sound too bad when you're recording it that way because it's like it actually sounds kind of okay. So we're probably gonna do like a, a two song like rehearsal, like like just yeah things on that way, just to put it out so people know what we're gonna do. And then for our EP, we're gonna he has a real kit that we're gonna bring yeah. in and record like probably in rehearsal space, just like rent rehearsal yep. space, set everything up and record like with one or two mics on the on the drums and guitar. I want to do everything like. uh um i want to record all the main tracks like the guitar track and the drums like together and then i'll go back over and add yeah that'd be cool too. like yeah if it works like i say if it works you know do it do you, go utilize where you're at what you're doing yeah you know, what, what's best for you uh, you know that's you know even with sick like i was like when i was doing a mixing and that like you can easily get carried away into the whole sense of uh, this needs to be like better production or uh, it's not, you know, it's not good enough. Like people are going to take this seriously. If I don't do a good production, like it's, you know, people are going to snob it. Um, but you've really got to just, like pull it back and just go, no, well, this is what, this, what this is about. This is what I'm about. This is what this band's about. Um, and keep it real you know yeah but it is very oh yeah what it's very hard to not sort of start delving when you start doing the mixing and mastering as you probably know like start delving into going that's not good enough the you know need production needs to be better but it's it's, it's, scrutinizing we're operating in black metal though i mean like like um you know black metal doesn't need it's supposed to be raw in a way you know what i mean that's exactly right there are bands that are very like very well produced that I do like, but like Nordiavel and stuff like that. But I generally tend to gravitate to the bands that have a rawness to what they're doing. And what mm. my favorite type of sound is like something that's raw but powerful at the same time. So like you know, I mean, the Sick album definitely has that. And I mean, like yeah, like that's what I like. I, you know, we I could point to something like the Funeral Mist albums, like Salvation, or something like uh, yeah. The yeah, absolutely. album you know like i don't know archgoat bands like that you know what i mean like there's bands that have the raw sound but it's still very powerful yeah well that's yeah when i was mixing i i want like i want it to be raw but i want clarity i don't want it to be i didn't want it to be mixed like start like blending and you can't make out riffs and stuff like that so i want that was the main objective is to keep it raw but keep the clarity where it's understandable because I knew there's going to be a lot of, you know, soundscapes and stuff and things happening. And I'd, it just couldn't interfere with each other. 
I want to be everything to be a fucking really good level, even, and you can make out everything. Like that's, and it's not hard to do. Like I, you know, like you listen to, <laughs> I listen to a lot of bands, and there's some I just go, I don't know what these. Like when they're recording, what were they listening to? <laughs> you know, <laughs> sometimes I can't even hear. You can hardly hear the vocals. I go, like, if I was the vocalist, I'd be like, "What the fuck is going on there?" Yeah. Or the guitarists, like the guitars are just lost, and you don't even. You, like drums are just overpowering, and I go, "Well, <laughs> the way I see it is, I know who who's running the band in that." <laughs> <laughs> the uh, what I don't but like is, you know, like one of these. There's like a kind of. Um rise in these kind of raw raw black metal bands going around nowadays like reverend marquis and that kind of garbage and it's like that stuff yeah. just sounds like you're like the band's playing with like a like and you put the microphone inside of a dishwasher as they're playing and then you can't hear anything that they're doing it just sounds like so purpose yeah. purposefully shitty that it's just like why would you even bother making this music like and putting it out on this like it's a waste of fucking plastic you know what I, I mean? don't yeah I, I don't get it it's, i don't know i i couldn't personally do it i'd be like i'd be embarrassed i wouldn't be embarrassed but i just i don't know i just i just my, couldn't do it my thing it's, is like if you make something that makes the black legion stuff sound like great like then you're i don't know what, i don't know yeah. what you're doing man like because like but i mean like like I what even the Black Legion's like a lot of their stuff still sounds good, you know, like you know, like the yeah. March of the Black Holocaust split or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's um, yeah, I don't know. You can make you can make it still sound. I think it's just like a lot of years of um, like you you get some of these you know higher underground black metal bands that have done really well and made a lot of money. And for me, I've it's been some of them are really hard to to you know I can't really get into, but they're popular as fuck, you know. And it, the sound is like crusty as hell. And I suppose it's from those bands that people think that you know maybe the the crustier it is, the you know the more people that will listen to it. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. It's not for me. I want clarity. I want to be able to understand. I want to know what the band's about. I want to know what the song's about. And you know, grasp some kind of lyrical content and gives me more insight into the band. That's what makes me want to listen to the band. You know, yeah. If I just see if I just, if I just see one of these bands that you know just doing this fucking um, you know toilet shit, it's I mean I couldn't give a fuck about it. Yeah, I was, I'll, I'll turn it off straight away because I just know this is just fucking shit riffs, screaming, fucking blast beat with your toy cans, and and that's it. Like, there's no, there's no meaning, there's no purpose, there's no. You're just doing it because because of the genre, because you can. Yeah, I don't, I don't really get it. I mean, even I, I feel like even on my old demos I did on a four track tape recorder. I still managed to make a better sound than like a lot of these bands that I hear nowadays. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, Mate, I you want to, powerful, I want to hear the guitars. Know? I want to hear the drums. I want to hear the vocals. Like it's not hard. That's, you know, fucking take it from music of like the history of fucking music. Yeah. Like 
you know, some people may like it and I, like, that's fine, but it is to me, it's fucking just rubbish. And it like, and I'm sick of fucking hearing people go, oh, into that fucking rah, 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 rah music. It's like, well, you've, that's, you've probably heard one thing. <laughs> you've, that's it. You've heard one black metal band. It was probably rubbish, you know, yeah. and you've, you know, there is a lot of, a lot of thought and planning and, you know, a lot of, soul put into fucking our music yeah and not not to mention the fucking spiritual side you know of it all like the The best black metal has has all of that you know like um yeah even even though you have like this whole like spectrum of shitty bands that operate in black metal that are just fakes you know poser stuff like there's always going to be that that the other bands that are for real that are like take it seriously you know what i mean like that's i think it's always yeah. kind of been that way yeah let's just hope those other ones get flushed out <laughs> it's short-lived it's a fucking um what they call it it's just something that comes and goes it's just a you know next year they'll be into fucking hip-hop or something <laughs> yeah i feel like Piss off. i feel like the thing that's annoying right now for me is seeing a lot of bands kind of like um that I've been noticing that just kind of copy like the outward symbolism of say like the black legions or other types of raw black metal stuff. And they're like kind of copying like the aesthetics and stuff and then making like total shit music with it. You know what I mean? And I just, I don't understand that at all. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't either, you know, but you know, that, that's one the, end of the end of the day. We know which ones are the other ones we want to listen to. <laughs> we don't want to listen to. Yeah. Um, well, it, it does suck because it's it's uh, compressing the fucking scene a lot as well, though. You know, it's a good thing. There's, you know, it's a bad thing when it's you know when you've got twenty thousand of those bands. You know, like annoying mosquitoes just fucking within the mix, and it's hard to break. You know, we I always say, like Kellen, I always say, like it's you can go on Bandcamp and. I could literally be on there for fucking like say a three hour stint and I would I may find five bands that I'll go, that's fucking unreal. Like that's that's a band I'll listen to again and I'll buy the album. Yeah. But in those three hours I'll listen to so much and just so much like shit that I just like go, fuck. Why? You know, don't I get it. But I think that that kind of stuff the is Probably, particularly on Bandcamp, there's a lot of that kind of raw black metal stuff that's just shit because I think it's easy for people to do and they think, oh, I don't have to put much effort into it. I have to, it's all aesthetics. It's all just like, oh, if I make, write this crappy riff and do some high pitch vocals and, you know, whatever, and it don't make it sound too good. There's going to be somebody who listen to it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's yeah. part of it. Like, but, uh, yeah, exactly. I, but it's, and, and they're only just one offs. Yeah, you know, one album, one EP, fucking one song, whatever. So yeah, it's that's what you know. It's it's, it's in all genres. You just go like I think the good bands. You go be persistent, and that's you know that's all I want to do with Sick is you know it's not just this not going to be just one album. There'll be many many to come. Yeah, you know the, the uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, the Finnish um, uh, reviewer guy Rauta. I don't know if you've yeah, yeah. One thing that he yeah. always talks about is kind of bands with, that 
release like albums and they don't have anything catchy or you know like their stuff's just it sounds like maybe they skipped the demo phase or you know like they didn't like really <laughs> like there is no uh, demo phase anymore <laughs> there's no doubt and that's the thing he complains about sometimes he's like yeah all these bands just release like uh the stuff but i think like that's, yeah. that's something that the sick album has in spades is catchy riffs and stuff that catches people i think that's why i like a lot of people are responding so well to to the album because it's like it hits you you know what i mean like you can tell that yeah, you man. you have you know you know 30 years of experience within a genre and you're putting it into your music you know what i mean yeah and that's that's what i was gonna say it's like just i think because because of, of that fact that you know the age that we're we're at is we understand we've we've listened to it know all our lives and we know what we what we like and what black metal is and what it represents to us um and when we do you know do our our shit put down our music put down our thoughts and everything into the music that's why it becomes bigger than you know all this other shit that's coming out like we have experience yeah um in the genre that's the thing with black metal that i i do think i, I agree with Rauta in a lot of ways that that stuff need the best black metal does have like a kind of catchiness or something that really hits you you can grab a hold of and you're like oh yeah like i want to listen to this again like you know what i mean like yeah i want those moments where i'm driving the car and i'm head banging the, the steering wheel <laughs> exactly you know, like that's black metal needs that i mean i don't i don't yeah. I, think I, I hear people make excuses for black for stuff where they're like a oh, black metal doesn't need that it's just about the atmosphere or something like you know you're like no you need both you need the atmosphere yeah. and you need these parts to go yeah that's fucking sick you know what i mean 100 percent because i yeah i love those moments and it's it's all through like the fucking you know every part of black metal like um through all the waves um there's always been moments in great in the great in the great albums catchiness there'd be a fucking killer riff or uh, the way the drummer's doing a particular beat and you just go fuck that is just filthy like um the way he hits his ride and has you know this off time downbeat or something like that and the creativity that's within it and makes it catchy and, and you fucking remember it for all your life because you just get like it's your favorite part yeah, you can't wait to, when you listen to that album. You go, I can't wait till fucking track four because that's your favorite parts in that. And when it comes on, what do you do? You turn up to a fucking hundred and you fucking mosh out to it. It's like the memorable parts. Yeah, come listen to an album that's fucking like buzzsaw from start to finish, blast beat from start to finish, and some cunt fucking screaming. There's nothing memorable about that. No, and that's the thing. Like people get confused about it because you you can look at. Like Dark Throne's a good example. You can look at something like Transmean and Hunger, for example. Like, yep. like, yeah, it's monotonous, but it's got catchy riffs at the same time. You still got stuff like, you know, yeah, you got the song, you got a song like Transmean and Hunger. You have like, you know, all those types of songs where you're like, oh yeah, like this is like, like I remember these riffs. You know, I remember these parts. Or you can look at like Under a Funeral Moon. Every single song on that album is like catchy as fuck like you remember each song you know what exactly I mean? right and you know what we and we're subconsciously influenced by it. you know how many how many times i've gone to write a riff and i go oh i'm playing the same riff because <laughs> <And you go, laughs> it's it, they're memorable and they're just engraved into your head because they're fucking great and yeah you gotta watch out sometimes when you do write music because i do it all the time i go fuck that's, that's not mine <laughs> <laughs> i can't use that fuck it's such a good riff <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you gotta like, like, oh, maybe I can just change it just a little bit. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just add a little lick at the end, no one will notice. <laughs> I think, I think sometimes, like, I think in black metal, the one thing you can do too is like, um, the really like really good band like you can get away with sometimes where your whole sound is kind of your own but you have like little nods to old stuff like where you can be like all right this riff right here is going to be my like nod to like you know yeah. bathory or dark throne or something where you're like you put like one riff that kind of has that type of feeling you know what yeah, I mean? it's my personal tribute yeah like you can get away with yeah, that with black metal. i mean i mean it's always been yeah, like that man. you know totally totally i think i think when i did spells of torment i think most of that is really just attribute um some of those riffs that i was that i played in that was just like they came naturally and it was but i can hear it when i listen back to it i go they're just full-on tribute riffs like they're just classic fucking first wave you know thrash black metal you know yeah like and they're fun it's fun it's fucking awesome it's fucking nothing like it well, you can get even, like I said, under Funeral Moon, you got a song like uh, To Walk to Infernal Fields, which is straight up like the same riff as Ender to Eternal Fire, but then they take it into a different direction. You know what I mean? Like Exactly right. And you yeah. can, ch- that's the thing, that's the, that's the beauty of Black Metal too, because you can take, take in so many different paths with one riff. You yeah. know, you can do, you can do literally, I think I, I think I did one song and I wanted to see how many drum beats I could do to that one riff. And I think I kind of like six, six different beats to the one riff. And that's, that's the fucking beauty of it. Yeah. With, with black metal, it's like, yeah. You, and every single beat had its own feel, made the whole track, you know, have a different feeling to it. So, and, and you get to, you know, choose, which is the, which is the path that I want this track to be like. And yeah, you know, it, it can all, come, all come down just to a, a drum track. Well, yeah, that definitely. Like, I mean, like um whatever it like with with the project working on now with my drummer like there's a lot of times where we spent time like you know like messing around where we, i have like i wrote like a song right but i had the riffs so i was like well this one this riff i kind of hear this drum beat but then this riff could go either way we could either play it this way or this way and then we'd have to like figure out the yeah. the kind of arrangement together like where he'd, he'd like okay i'll try this beat and we'll see how it sounds with this riff and then yeah like i can take the same riff where it's the same notes but play it in different ways and you can really take it different you know and you can yeah because yeah and whatever blends in with the next with the next riff that transition needs to it can be you know more of a you know a time time change completely do a mega def or you can have it blended in really just smoothly and yeah so it's it's the beauty of it you can you can fuck with it that much that you know you can get where you, where you're heading is you can get there very easy. I always think of um 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 uh fuck uh it was just the song the title the second song on um on a boys in order and sky um fucking just <laughs> the song titled literally I had it in my head and then it was just like uh. In the shadow of the horns so if you think about that yep. that song like the way that zephyrus played the guitar line and fenders is kind of pointing this out on this thing i was listening to 
like the song's like dun, 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 dun. but the way that Zephyrus is playing it is he's doing dun, dun, and then he's playing the dun, like as like a trem riff you know what i mean but it's still got this slow yeah. this mid-paced drum beat underneath it but he's playing like dun, 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 you know what i mean like in Venner's point out it's like a lot of people think that it's like that part slow, but Zephyrus is actually playing like of a trem riff, but it's still like underneath, like with this mid paced riff. You know what I mean? Like exactly right. Yep, hundred percent. It's just like it's those hidden little things that you just go. It's not too late later on. You catch up on all these things when you start writing music, and you go. Then you start respecting those those moments in uh in those older songs. Yeah, I I, I mean that's what makes a lot of those um those uh, those things so like like um amazing to go back to you know listening to under funeral moon um or blazing northern sky or demon seristam sathanas or you yeah. know in the night side eclipse or whatever you know the burzum album stuff like this i mean i've listened to all those albums a fucking a million times at this point right and yep. every time i listen to it i notice things that i didn't notice before and i can get lost in the atmosphere and the feeling and you know what i mean like yeah Cause they're stages in time, you know. Like I remember listening to Dom Mysterious like you know, a million times, but I was a drummer back then, so all I'd be focusing is on the drums. Yeah. <laughs> so much on the ribs, but that's what I because I was a drummer, that's all I'd be paying attention to. But as you get older and I start doing other shit, then I start like just vocally lately, you know, because I didn't do vocals until I started doing spells of torment. And now I'm taking more notes about vocal arrangements, like what they're doing, have heaps more respect, you know, for what they did even back then. It's like, fuck, you know, these 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 dudes were just kids. Yeah. And they'll put that shit out and just go, what the fuck? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just hey. a fucking amazing. Whether they, they just, you know, by chance they did it or it's calculated, it, does, it doesn't matter. But fuck, you know, it's just... Yeah, so sometimes it's a you know, take those uh they're like learning lessons now. <laughs> yeah, you go back to, to learn some new tricks. <laughs> yeah, they're they're <laughs> like there's you know, now McDemasteris is uh an ever kind of I don't know, it's like when the, it's something you can always go back to and just like oh. soak in more and more things from it, like and ah, oh, it's just fucking yeah, it's one of the ultimate ultimate albums of all time for me. This is I've listened to that in so many different uh stages of my life in you know good, bad and the ugly. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what it does. It gives I don't know it's an album of everything. Uh in my opinion. Like it just yeah has it's a complete album for me. Like it's just fucking perfect. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. I think that album is uh is one of those like um bible albums for black metal like that that's yeah. all it's like the ur text for black metal like you go to the album and you're like okay this is so much of what black metal should be you know and black metal is and you know it's got i really do yeah perfect I think drum it's sound. First, yeah i think it's like the first the album that actually made me look upon like we spoke before about the, the stereotypical um you know picture of black metal of death metal, of, you know, fucking slaying <laughs> angels and shit. And it sent me to this new heightened spirituality where it gave me this feeling 
I was like, what is this? This is just intense, you know, this connection and just, I don't know, just hence that that new new stage of, of belief. Yeah. I'd say. I think that's yeah, why- it's funny that an album could do that, but it 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 I think back it back then it really did. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, there's certain there's, it it has a, a more serious feeling to it. You know, it's not just like yeah, it's not just fantasy like in that album. It has like a real seriousness to what they're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I used to go camping and back then with my Walkman and my copied tape of the album. <laughs> but walking through like through the bush, through the forest, we used to go camping every weekend. But that's that's what I would play. That'd just be this this connection with everything around me and and feeling this this aura, this feeling, this euphoria almost, you know, like it was just very euphoric moment. And I was just like, oh, it's actually, I feel, what is this? You know, I had to investigate more into it. And once I understood it, I was like, oh, this is like the, this is, this is what <laughs> this is about now for me. Yeah. Because in Satanism and, you know, my spiritual side. Yeah, I think, that album was one of those ones i mean like and like um i could say like um hearing something like um even a blazing northern sky like that album was that album had a big impact nowadays under funeral moon is probably my favorite dark throne album but yeah when i was 18 or whatever it was the blazing northern sky was one that really like impacted me the most in a way you know what i mean like yeah and um yeah yeah, you can't ex- you can't explain it, but it's just the everyone has their own experience, and but when it does, when it hits you, it hits you hard. Another another album that really got to me was uh, Beherit, like uh, Drawing Down the Moon. Yeah, that is a classic. Yeah, that, uh, amazing. I remember getting I got that album and uh, Panzerfaust at the same time, but uh, yeah, and I love both those albums. But yeah, Drawing Down the Moon really had impact because it's so like very satanic. You know what I mean? Like all the way through. Um, yeah. Yeah. Had it was I remember the first time I heard it, I was just like, I was yeah, I was captivated. Captivated. I think by the riffs, everything, everything about that was just it, it was just it, I don't know, it was like it was different. Had the same black metal feel, but it was different. Yeah, like the fucking finished craziness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was it was more I was more fascinated by it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I I really like that that whole that whole you know, I love Beherit, I love uh Archgoat and all that kind of stuff as you know, like Yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah, and even like yeah, early uh in Pad Nazarene, like massive like back then I used to frothing them. Yeah. Just yeah. I, I couldn't think of anyone wilder in life. <laughs> I was like, they are maniacs. Well, down there in, in Australia, also you have your own maniacs like uh, sadistic and, and um, sadistic yeah. execution and stuff. <laughs> yeah, Chris, he's he's still a psycho. Yeah, <laughs> he's still a fucking yeah. He's still out there, mate. He's like he hasn't changed. He hasn't not changed one bit. They're just yeah, absolute but, psychos. But great artists too. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. Uh, Always, yeah. The early uh, Australian black metal always felt like had that kind of that kind of same like crazy feeling that you get from like fin- oh, fin- we'll just, finished black yeah, metal. We'll, <laughs> we'll 
going back to those days, like um, seeing uh, like Nazual, Bestial, all those older bands like back then was just like it was. It'd literally be a pub of thirty people max, <laughs> and maybe thirty maniacs, just <laughs> all fucking, all just psychotic. Yeah, <laughs> pissed out, psychotic. I yeah, I don't know how many times I woke up, didn't know where I was, <laughs> how I got there. <laughs> I mean, where the one I, I woke up one morning and, and I was in a in a tattoo pile parlor and I was like, what? How the fuck did I? How'd I get here? <laughs> I was checking my body. I was like, have I been tattooed? <laughs> like, and it might been that might have been after a Lord Chaos show or yeah, grenade. I'm not too sure. But uh yeah, it was just wild times, but awesome. Fucking amazing. Like they're they the best times. There's not nothing that beats it. It's just I don't know it's a different different era. Yeah, but yeah, Australian black metal was definitely just absolutely psycho, just raw. Almost serial killer, psychopathic <laughs> maniacs, <laughs> like just next level. Yeah, as well. Next level. Yeah, I see some shit overseas and they're like, you know, cutting themselves up and shit. Like these cunts were doing it down here long ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, I, yeah. That's all, like, I was always, um, I feel like like Australian black men always kind of associate with that kind of psycho crazy stuff. Or there was also the, Drowning the light type of side of things as well that I always saw. So those are like that was like the two extremes yeah. of, of 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 Australian black metal that I knew of for a long time. It was hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. Yeah, I have got I've got heaps, yeah I've got heaps of demo tapes still here, and it's like it is true because it was one one end of the spectrum to the other. One side was this nice little like I call it pleasant black metal. It was very um, I don't know Chelsea black metal, <laughs> and then you've got the the brutality of this fucking these these guys thought they were actual demons and they were just out to create carnage. <laughs> it was just just absolutely maniac. There's no word for it. They were maniacs. Yeah, you know, I can only imagine wild wild times. I know. I remember reading about the uh, was it the sadistical execution impaled Nazarene tour in Europe. I can't imagine how fucking ridiculous that tour must have been like that must have been like just a carnage show oh. <laughs> i reckon yeah I reckon <laughs> injuries injury it would have been a lot of ambulance there outside it would have been a like a memorable show just memorable yeah. i think you know there'd be that yeah. much going on you wouldn't even know what song they're fucking playing to be honest yeah because i remember reading about that in the bardo methodology and it's being like that just sounds like a Sounds like a fucking psycho like trip through. I mean, I'm surprised that it, it even managed to like finish. Because like, I mean, that both bands are fucking would have been like a fucking both crazy. It'd be like bands. a going to a, a lunatic asylum. That's what it would have been. <laughs> There's something about that though where I don't know. I just think that black metal. I, I always liked that black metal could be extreme. You know what I mean? Where it's just like fucking people extreme people like taking it the next level i mean that that was always yeah even with the norwegian scene or something like that's the whole thing like because they're like you know taking the next level or you know here in america you have like prophanatica and demoncy and stuff like that you know what i mean like yeah, the yeah. guys you know guys like like a nightbringer and incursus and you know like you know like 
just for real like they're like fucking like live live and breathe what they're talking about you know what i mean like that's that's the that's the key word real that is real yeah like that's (laughs) there's no no bullshit there's no um you know there's no most of those bands there's no big pr companies there's no fucking labels and it's just fucking them they need to change they don't want to change they don't need to change they just keep doing what they do best you know, if you don't like it, fuck off. If you do, keep listening. <laughs> yeah, I just think that that's 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 what I like about black metal is when there people are just like, yeah, this is what we are, or for real, and yeah, you know, like, not fucking around. You know, but, what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't give a fuck what you think. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's where you get the respect comes from, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, going back to all these smaller bands and you know, kids and you know doing these one man quick fucking riff bullshit things, you know, that's, that's why they'll never get respect for what they're doing. Sounds, yeah. you know, it's like for saying it because some, you know, would be, would think that that's what they're doing is, is true and real. And that's, that's them. And they're expressing that, but you know, <laughs> you I don't gotta, see many of it. You got to walk the walk in a way. Yeah. You know, like um, the, uh, I actually just got to see Nazul live um, here in Colorado at the Gathering of Shadows that uh, that yeah. you know Nas and them used to put on up here in the mountains. Yeah, and that, yeah. That, lost it. What's, yeah, that Nazul show was crazy. Like, you know, I was pretty drunk. Like, obviously, we were up in the forest. Like, they got a fire yeah. going, whatever. Like, we just got done watching um, Nightbringer, and we we're like, wait, and they come on and. It was just like literally like a wall hit me, like this wall of fucking intense energy, like just was like whoa, <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. You're just like what the, the fuck. <laughs> it is a wall of sound. That's why I loved about him so much because it wasn't your 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 standard black metal sound. It was it was thick. It was full. It was like yeah, it hit you like a ton of bricks. Yeah, it was and relentless, relentless, crazy energy too. I mean, I remember physically seeing like orbs of energy like around them. I need. Wow. I, I know we took pictures of. I was talking to what's his name, uh, uh, Krina. You know, it's K V R. Yeah, 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 yeah Krina. Yeah, and I know he's he was at that show apparently. And I was I was talking to him and I was like, yeah, I have pictures somewhere of just like all these like orbs around them, <laughs> like. They need to dig up like wow. It's just like so much fucking energy. Like it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but it comes off. It emits off everyone. Everyone. It's, if everyone is feeling it, it's just a, creates that as as well. More energy. That's, yeah. That's my why. But yeah, I still I still got a Nazul uh, demo tape somewhere. I'll find it. I had old demo tape. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a I'll send you a photo of it. <laughs> I got yeah. demos. Of the old Australian uh, bands, uh, yeah, bands like Abominator, there's heaps of them. I yeah, I always I think like um, yeah, I like all of the Nazul stuff. I like their old stuff, the Black Seed, and I uh, like the Iconoclast album, which is uh, what they had just released when I saw them. And they say they played songs from that, and I like their new album too. It was pretty good. Yeah, no, it's really good. Yeah, it's still you know at this age. We're all getting on. We're still. I think we're doing our best shit now. 
Right. I feel well, like- we're all mature. We're, we're that, that second wave fucking maturity, you know, next level. I think that's the thing with black metal. Like you have that initial like intense energy when you're a teenager, right? Like, and yeah. you really put into it and there is a little bit more of the fantasy element to that, that stage of things. You know what I mean? Like for me at least, you know, and then, then I started taking it even more serious into more serious direction. And then I had time where I wasn't really making music for a while, kind of dealing with, with life shit. And now coming back to doing music again, like I feel like being in your thirties or probably in your forties, stuff like when you're in that kind of cycle, like you're, and you're still with it. I think it's just, it's, it's something, I don't know. It's something different. I, I see that with a lot of these bands where, you know, either they left for a little yeah. bit to come back or they're still doing it now and they're in their forties, whatever. And they've really refined what they're doing. It seems like there's like the second wave of power and energy that comes out of bands when they. Yeah. Because yeah, you, you look at you, like, for me, I look back of what I've done and, and what I didn't do. And now this is my chance to do it. How I wanted to do it. Now I got the, the maturity. Um, I got, you know, you got the attention for detail. Um, you know what you like. So, you know, when I, as with yourself, like when I, when I write music, I'm not writing, I'm writing music that I want to listen to. Right. You're not writing music that you think other people were going to like. You just, you're writing music that you want, that you want to hear, that you like. You know, when I'm writing music, I'm, I'm not going, uh, Fuck! Uh, I wonder if Carl will like this. He might not like that part. <laughs> it's not like yeah, you know, it's not like that anymore. Like we write stuff that we want to that we want to hear that we enjoy, and we're influenced by subconsciously influenced. And then we, you know, we we write it and and fuck. That's why like look at all these bands now fucking touring. Incantation are over here now. Like just absolutely fucking killing it. And yeah. new albums are just like. From all these bands you just go get fucked immolation man like yeah that that last immolation album is actually exactly up there in my favorites yeah exactly man and this is like you know these are guys in fucking late 40s 50s yeah yeah they're like all in their 50s like now. The, like <laughs> the bands that i listened to when i was you know 15 and and you know classes gods and they're still fucking going because they are fucking metal gods <laughs> Well, yeah, they're, they're for real. They're back in what they, at a certain point, a certain age, like you're backing what you're doing with the fact that this is who you are. This is what I am. Like, this is what I'm doing. Like, yeah, it's not changing, not going anywhere. No, I do it no matter no. what. Yeah, exactly. They haven't dropped, they haven't dropped the pedal at all. You know, for, for me, I've also found myself able to focus more too. Like when I was, uh, in my twenties, I kind of kept like, you know, I'd make demos, I'd make a demo like this and then I'd do something else. And I was kind of like a bit more like, kind of like scattered in a way, like what I was doing. Yeah. Very sporadic. Um, like I was focused on like, say making this demo and then I kept doing the next thing and next thing. I think I was kind of like in a way trying to find my own voice, I guess. Yeah. But at this point I know how I write music. I know what I want to do with music. I know exactly what I'm doing in the sense that like, you know, like, like I have, to, like I started this new project like two years ago, and we're just now like really getting stuff going for real because of life stuff. But the vision has stayed exactly the same. I know exactly what I want to accomplish with it. Yeah. When I started the project, no, now it hasn't changed or wavered. 
one iota because like i just have a lot more self-awareness now of what i want what i like and i guess in a way i've also become a lot more focused in terms of what i want out of black metal what i want to create out of black metal you know what i mean like yeah it comes with maturity and the same with sick i knew what i wanted to do it's just find that right time um and you know that right right phrase of you know within my life that you know that could that i was ready to do it i wasn't going to do it prematurely or it had to be that right time and you know what it is because it just ha- it happens on its own it, like you make it happen but yeah but like you said it never changes it's once it's locked up there we lock it in and it's fucking it's it's gonna get done <laughs> doesn't matter one year two year ten years it's always going to get done if you have that that uh, focus and motivation. Exactly. Um, I mean, it, the downside of being, you know, in your 30s or 40s and doing this stuff, though, is particularly like, is like, oh, now I got to, particularly like being well, here in America, it's like, now I got to work, I'm working like 60 hours a week and trying to do I'm all hearing- this on, t- on top of everything, like, you know, paying my bills, like trying to keep on top of this stuff while also trying to do music stuff and, you know, both, yeah. of, both me and my drummer are both doing this, both working, you know, 60 hour week stuff, trying to like find time to do stuff. Yeah. That's why it's annoying, Sick was literally know? done fortnightly. <laughs> Sick was literally done fortnightly. It was like every second weekend. That's the only time I'd work on it. <laughs> yeah. Cause, Cause I had no time. <laughs> I, I work like, you know, six days a week. And you need that downtime. Just try and fit in with schedules and and everything. So there, like you said, it's like as you get older, you've got all these other fucking life factors to put in place. Yeah, it can be hard when you're working, you know, twelve hour day, and then you're coming home. Yeah, you got to well, do some other stuff, and then you're fucking. The, the last thing I want to do is sit down and fucking mix and or doing. It. That's why we've. What I was telling you with the vocals, like I had to wait to the right time because I was, you know. A working, two fucking tired, three you know doing stuff with me son. You know it's just it's just a uh, life juggle, but you can you can do it. It's just got to prioritize. Yeah, <laughs> Have a, get a. I need a personal planner. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely adds a adds a extra element to it, but I mean that's you know as part of it. Like if you can continue maintain that focus. Um, with something over at time, like, and knowing it takes longer to accomplish what you want to accomplish, like, yeah, it ends up being a better product and in because it's, it's, you know, exactly what you want. And, you know, like you, yeah. you can just keep doing it, you know, like, totally. Like I commend you for doing your podcast every week. <laughs> I was like, just thinking today, I was like, Oh, like we haven't done a podcast for a while. Um, because we're just, we've bought a house, we've been renovating, it's all those life things. You just don't have the time, you know, even though it's just sit down and, you know, and talk for an hour, it's still, you know, trying to find that hour to be able to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we'll like, ve- eventually get back into it though. Yeah. The, uh, I think with the podcast, like what really kind of helped me tip it over was um, a few months ago when I was like, basically like okay i'm gonna get ahead on the podcast so i purposely spent like about a month where i was like scheduling a lot you know like yeah two or three in a week doing this stuff until i got myself ahead you know what i mean and then 
that makes it a lot easier because then and that, and then i also kind of built like a like i have kind of like a uh a, a routine now with podcasts where it's like okay on i usually edit it either friday or saturday nights before i upload it you know what i mean like, yeah and and everything yeah. so it's kind of like i have like a kind of routine i found that that's that's kind of the thing and even with music like that's like where i need to get to is building a routine for myself of like okay every week you know even if it's one day one night a week i need to get in the routine of working on stuff you know what i mean like that that's i found yeah. that that's kind of the thing sometimes we have to make time in the sense that we have to purposely go okay now i'm going to make time to do this like because if i don't then it won't get done you know what i mean <laughs> but once you get into a routine it's easy you know what i mean it's easy yeah yeah and yeah and maintain the routine is is <laughs> is paramount yeah that that's the thing like is maintaining routine and like um just trying to get that done you know what i mean it can be hard like no you're doing it well you know like, all four of you you know jackie michael just yeah just keep it going it's it's you know it's what the masses like that's why i enjoy because i <laughs> Yeah, we all listen to yous at work. That's what I listen to yous. Is it makes the day you know, a lot easier. So, yeah, I talk to everyone out there that we appreciate what you what you do, Carl. I appreciate. It's always appreciate hearing that. It's always nice to hear that because yeah, like uh, you know, um, like doing the podcast has been really, really a great thing. I mean, like like now doing this is how I've I've got got to know you. You know what I mean? I've gotten to know. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Everybody, like, you know, like networking. It's, yeah. It's one, it's like the, the, for me, the, the real, you know, that's the best part about it is getting to meet like people like you and make friends with people yeah. and, you know, like all across the world and, and really like, and have these, have these kinds of conversations and, you know, like, yeah, well, you're meeting your own, your own people. That's, that's, that's a great thing. Couldn't do it, you know. 20 years ago, couldn't do it. And, you know, these days it's awesome that you can find, you know, your own kind. Yeah. <laughs> People that think the same and, and you know, talking about the same stuff and have different and have those different conversations and, you know, enlighten each other, everything, you know, become more knowledgeable, you know. So it's definitely a good thing and what you're doing is a great thing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, power to you, brother. Thank you, brother. Yeah, I appreciate it. And yeah, for me, it's just, it's nice that there are people out there who want to hear these conversations, you know what I mean? Like, I do it because, because yeah. it's, because like, I want to have these conversations with, with people and, you know, and, and, and do, you know, talk about, talk about things and, and, um, and meet, meet, meet other people on the same page and, yeah. It's yeah. kind of like a bonus that there are people out there who actually want to listen and and everything, and it's, it's really it's really cool. Like to be honest, like the podcast is probably one of the more successful things I've done in my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. like doing music it's and stuff. Great. Like you know, uh, so much uh, so much like when you release music, particularly in the past, they just release it to avoid. You know what I mean? Like you know, whatever, put it out yeah. there, and and you know maybe somebody will listen to it. I don't know. You know what I mean? But like doing like the, and that's, you know, that's always been experience of music. It's my experience with my radio show that I do. I mean, I just do it because I like putting the playlist together, but like, you know, I yeah. mean, 
I don't, most time no one's listening. You know what I mean? Like, but with the podcast, it's like people actually listen. That's great. I mean, I really appreciate that people, people are into it. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's the way of the world. Everyone's, everyone's in the podcast world now. It makes it easy. You can listen to it anytime, you know, running, walking. It's just, it's very accessible. It's just like listening to an album, you know, it's, it's intuitive. You know, people, a lot of people listen just to, you know, see what other people are like you know if you had a guest on i was like oh, i want to know what he's like and it's it's awesome that you can actually listen to an interview you know if your favorite guitarist or you know some someone you just talk to on instagram you know yeah don't really know them, but yeah to get more insight so yeah yeah it's a, it's a good thing that's why I like about podcasts, you know, and, and I, yeah, like, I really like the kind of style that, you know, Jackie and Mike Hill and everybody does where it's just raw. That's why I do it that way. And it's like, um, you know, I really, I think, I think too, like with, with the podcast, like I knew that I had kind of a different perspective on stuff to, to hit on and there, you know, I wanted to have conversations like we had, we had now, like about your album and about like spirituality and about, you know all this kinds of stuff because i don't really hear too many podcasts like talking about this kind of stuff you know what i mean like there's definitely a void there you know yeah some podcasts are just like there's three guys two two guys whatever just having their own opinion and sometimes it can be like it might not be the path that you (laughs) are following and you sort of go (laughs) no that's not what i think at all (laughs) that kind of satanic podcast and you listen to and you go yeah, uh, this is more more flower picking than anything. <laughs> yeah, like oh, most of the satanic podcasts that I've seen are all related to like that satanic temple bullshit and all that. Ah, uh, kind of it's fucking you know? rubbish. Absolute yeah. fucking rubbish. like hippies. Yeah, like they're just like I. Yeah, I don't get it. I just I listen to it. And go, what is? These are just glorified fucking. I don't know, hippies. Yeah. find a, a free you know a f- free mind like you can well, do that on your own don't call yourself satanist if you don't the ways then the, the you how the, the institution they've been institutionalized in a sense of the same as the church i listen to all these conversations they have about what this other sect is doing they shouldn't be doing that because they're not abiding by these rules and like now you become a hypocritical yeah now you you should just you should literally just leave and you know you, you could walk into a church and fit right in right because everything you're standing all you're saying and standing for is exactly what we do not stand for yeah satanist is a path of the individual and uh yeah i mean oh it's yeah, I, it, it disgusts me. I get angry. This guy is fucking hypocritical bitches and fucks. Like, he's not understanding the whole concept. Like, it's not even a concept. It's a fucking way of life. Yeah, exactly. And, like, you know, and for me, it's even, like, I can accept, like, these kind of atheistic Satanists in that sense where I'm, like, I believe you should follow your own path. But at the same time, I also believe that there is a spiritual element to it that you yeah. know you need to be if you're gonna, that like yeah which I, if you're going to call yourself a satanist i do think that there's something missing if you're if you're going to call it if you're an atheist like you need to really 
in my opinion, you do need to engage with the stuff on the spiritual level. To yeah, I hear Satanists, you, you know. Yeah, you listen to all this, all of them, and they're not one. They don't talk about spiritualism, connecting with anyone, any anything. It's all about themselves of be, being in a group. This is exactly the same as a fucking a Christian, a Catholic. These are weak-minded people that need to be associated into a, a group, a group to be welcomed, to feel part of. And that's not what we are about. <laughs> no. Yeah. You know, See. that that they need like they need that that integration with each other to tell each other that oh you're doing a good thing. Yeah. Like they need other people to determine what they should and what they shouldn't do. They, they need rules. They need regulations because they have no idea because they're lost. They're either weak-minded. They've been traumatized, whatever. It doesn't matter. But these people are following exactly the same way of, of your religious, religious ways on that side. Yeah. And, what we, and my life is all about I don't give a fuck. I don't need anyone to tell me what I need to do or what rules I need to do that I have in my life. I know what rules I've made for myself. I know my boundaries and that's what I adhere to and I follow. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's, that's what I think too. Like, yeah, I just like, the only thing that bothers me at this point is that so much, strictly in America, like the kind of satanic temple type of mindset of those types of group falling, like say so-called Satanists, like has they're like kind of like hijacked the whole idea of the whole term of Satanism in this country at this point. And it kind of like frustrates me because I'm like, you know, yeah. I because it's easy to do. It's it's an easy realm to it was a easy it's an easy um target to hijack. Yeah. And now no, it, no one wants to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like, okay, now that people think that associate satanism oh that's what satanism is it's what these people are saying it's like no not really i mean this group has only been around for you know not very long and and you know yeah. they're they're primarily operating on pol a political level anyways you know what i mean like they're it's political and same as religion like you could soon you could have a you know a, a facility and and announce and and hire a priest of any of any sect, say Seven Day Adventist. As as long as you have a minister in in your facility, you can call yourself a church. Yeah. And then what comes with that? It's it's a fucking cash cow. It's a it's, it's a license to print money. It's a license to take money from anyone that comes into into your into your temple. Yeah, particularly like here. Then you're like say. Um... You know, uh, not paying taxes. You know, you're like uh, all this stuff. So they just taking all this money. You know, yeah, uh, absolutely. That's one thing. Absolutely. Always, it's one thing I always agree to Anton Lavey about, where he said like, we need to like tax churches. You know, they can't be tax exempt anymore, so because they have to, and so so they can just so they're not like fleecing people out of all this money and having these mega churches and all this stuff like that. You yeah, know I mean? like hey, if they did, they'd find a fucking other way because they're fucking rats. They'd be. Pretend to the well. We're we're trading, we're selling Bibles to each other, <laughs> <laughs> and there's no tax on selling Bibles. 
right yeah i just think it's, it's crazy here like i don't know if it's the same there but uh, i mean even in this area where i live like there's like a million of these big mega churches you know like where they're just fucking huge old like big churches like where you're, you know and and um there's one of them that ended up getting shut down because it was basically a cult and i used to work with this girl who she's a teenager um I worked in, when I was working at Starbucks and she was, um, she, her family went to that church and hearing like some of the things that she was talking about, I was like, this is like literally like a cult, you know, like it is the whole oh, yeah. way that whole way yeah. they're operating as this big mega church. And I found out from other people like, yeah, yeah, that place is like, they're like brainwashing people and stuff. Eventually it got shut down. Like, yeah, we have a similar <laughs> one here. We have a huge one here. It's called uh Hillsong. Same thing hasn't been shut down but the 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 guy who ran it he's he's renowned worldwide but yeah just a thief they're all thieves yeah they're had- brainwashing people and they put on these big facades and you know people think they're great and they're you know deliverance from fucking god himself you know down in uh- they're just good they're good they're they're, they're good spokespeople they're good at people talking yeah, good convincers. They just they got that natural ability. They're like salesmen, exactly. They're exactly the same as salesmen. Yeah, and they got the same kind of like uh, lack of any uh, any um, any any empathy, any empathy, no yeah. empathy at all. Yeah, zero. And down on the springs here, down like where like you know, um, Aquis and those kinds of bands are from. Like, there's the focus on the family. I don't know if you know about that organization, but yeah, yeah. That guy, the guy who founded that focus on the family thing, ended up like being like a, a secretly like um, he had like a gay lover, you know, at, like a prostitute that he used to go to and stuff. And eventually, that guy, that, the gay lover, like outed him because he was just like this focus on family guy who was like having his whole secret life where he's having gay sex and stuff. And then he would be going on and talking about how you need to burn the fags and all this kinds of stuff, right? You yeah, know. Yeah. And so his gay lover, yeah. his gay lover is like. No, fuck this guy. Like, I'm gonna out him because yeah. he's like trying to like talk shit about us. You know what I mean? Like, there you go. I was like, there that, you go. That was it was amazing. Like, I was like that. I was like, I was like, get good on you, man. Like, cause yeah, fuck yeah, that guy. Yeah, you know? yeah, power to you. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's all around the world. It is all around the world. It's just, it's so easy to do. It's you know, like I said, all you need is those ingredients, and they're free to do what they they please. I always you know? say, I always think that the people who call seem to try to sell themselves as the most holy of the holy always have dirty secrets. You know what I mean? And it's always the same, like all these things, like they're all hypocrites, you know, they're all pretending yeah. to be like so holy on the outside, but then inside they're fucking, you know, you know, like fuck, you know, Corrupt. fucking around yeah. on their on their wives and stealing money and embed, you know, yep. dealing with they're criminals. all corrupt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's and the, it, the same thing of all the fucking assholes and politicians. You know, like they're all criminals. You know what I mean? Like I mean, they're in the same same boat. They're all with. They're all linked, interlinked. They are all interlinked with each other. Massively. I, I think the thing of Satanism is that. Satanism is actually like kind of against that because it's not about being hip hypocr- hypocrisy is very hor is very like 
that's a big sin for a Satanist, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like, don't be hip, don't be a fucking hypocrite. You know? Exactly right. You, it's about being truth, truthful to yourself, being honest. You know, and being honest is being confident in yourself. And whoever's not, if you're not on, if you're not confident in yourself and your beliefs, well, you're gonna, you you will be a hypocrite because you're trying to please others. And as soon as you start trying to please others, that's when bullshit starts coming out. That's when you're lying. You you know all those things that we like we look down upon. We weren't we, like no one wants to be part of. Doesn't we want to be friends with anyone who fucking bullshits to them? But this is this is what they do. They're all insecure, in, insecure human beings. You know and that's why we just we keep it real with our music, with our beliefs. We're open. You know, all those things they attribute to making you a better person, more um, the self-belief in yeah. yourself and, and how much you can grow. As soon as you acknowledge who you are and you're comfortable, how much you excel from that is huge. You'll start doing things you never even thought you could do because right. you have that self-belief, that confidence. You don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. What you do is true and right, you know. It's within, like you, you, like I said, you make up your own boundaries. You, you make up your own rules within yourself. Exactly. You know, no one else, no one else tells you. Yeah, we have societal rules that we must abide to, and that's to keep order. I understand that, and some, you know, that's politicians, and and most of it's fucking bullshit. But that's something we can't, you can't escape. It's the masses. But within ourselves, within our lives, with it, you know, spiritually, mentally, you need to overcome, you know, and be confident to be able to speak up, be who you are, and you know, everything else comes so quickly. You excel so much as a human being, and you'll be a lot happier, confident, and and people see that, and that's when you start drawing people to you because people would like go and oh, fuck this person is just. How, how how can you be so happy? <laughs> I was like, fuck, look in the mirror, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think sometimes do you like do you, do you pay a price in a way with with it in the sense that I think that our society seems to really um, uh, is ba- you know it's those type of hypo- hypo- hypocritical bullshitter people who've kind of set the rules in our society. You know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. you have so if you're not willing to play their their games, then it's kind of like you then have to have that um you have to find another way, you know? What I mean, you have to figure out where you are going to be successful. And yeah. so it's like you know, like I I remember being younger trying to I guess like trying to be successful like say in like the business, like you know, trying to get Yeah and finding it very difficult and not having like a lot of success in it because I was trying to play that game, that role of like, uh, you know, being a manager, being a business person, whatever, like, and realizing that I can't really, I don't, I'm not very comfortable in this corporate kind of world where I have to talk bullshit and know all the lingo and do all this stuff. It's just like, not, it's very unnatural for me. I found very difficult and thus I ended up not actually being very successful in that enterprise you know what i mean so then it took a while for me to figure out how to do a lot of 
stuff where I try to figure out what what can what are some where to go then how can I find success in the world outside of that bullshit you know what I mean and then you know yeah. you find find try to find things that you can do outside of that you know what I mean like yeah the kind right of natural I, yeah nowadays I do a job where I don't have to talk to people really at all you know what I mean like you just kind of do your do what you do you need to do you know what I mean like where it's like yep yeah, I don't exactly have to play, right. the, play these games and all this bullshit you know what I mean yeah that's yeah that's why I like you know previous jobs being production manager and foreman and stuff like that it's just yeah it's, it's not so much me anymore because I don't like that polit- political side where I do have to like bullshit I have to lie you know to match KPIs and so forth like you just I know just lying to people is very hard. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't lie to myself and I don't want to lie to others. It's not natural. It's not right. And in the end, like I'd rather be a better person than, you know, sit, sit in a, in a, in a pool of money with just fake people. (laughs) Right. Yeah. There's that part of me. There's that part of me and sometimes it's like, man, I kind of wish that was a bit better at the bullshit though. So I could have some success in my, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like more, cause I'd be oh, more, man, that's, you'd be yeah, more successful, yeah. but, but at the same time, I just can't live with myself that way. Like I, I just, yeah, you got more self-respect. Yeah. You got self-respect. That's why. Yeah. I, I, just, rather, I rather my friends know me as an honest person when I die. Yeah. He's, a, he's an honest, true person, a great person, like great guy to help others you know all that kind of stuff i'd rather be known as you know that than someone who's a fucking corrupt fat cunt <laughs> exactly yeah like i don't know i just i one thing that i have no patience for is the kind of corporate bullshit like you know lingo stuff like you know when you're working in like retail type jobs and stuff like that and you have to they have all yeah. particularly now like it's like even worse than it was like you know 10 years ago or whatever it's like you yeah, know, they just, it is. It's horrible. There's a fight. There's a, yeah, it's a fight for survival out there. And so it's like they all they just want to. You have to be so politically correct and just like skirt around everything and all this like lingo and all this stuff. Uh, and just well, like, we live in the world of acronym, acronyms now. <laughs> exactly. If, if you don't know them, then you're gonna get fucking ridiculed hard. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm. I just like feel like it's just not not very natural to me. I think maybe that's that thing of like, I don't know. I just respect people who are just like no bullshit. You know what I mean? Just tell the truth as it <laughs> this is. This is why we're homebodies. This is why we're homebodies. <laughs> I, I go to work and I come home to my fucking sanctuary. <laughs> I don't need any anymore. <laughs> I'm there to make my dollar and get the fuck out. Go home and yeah. just be within my own world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a world we live in nowadays. <laughs> Yep, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm gonna have to head out here in a minute. Like, so. yeah, mate. All good. It's been a good chat once again. We could talk for hours. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I will. I mean, I'll definitely have you back on again. I mean, like, I was like getting to talk to you and everything. So. Yeah, man. I appreciate having me on. Have appreciate your support. Um, for for me, the album, for the art, everything. So, yeah, yeah like I, I said, there'll be. There'll be some more more sick coming soon um, to back back up this album, and uh, plenty more to come after that. Oh yeah, yeah, and then and of course, like uh, we got some more stuff coming in the works for the the covers for the Verkolka stuff, so people will see more of your work for my stuff. And... Yep, I'm gonna get my butt in the gear. I've 
I will talk to you more about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, def definitely will be happening. I'll probably get started yeah. on that next week. Yeah. The, now, um... now that all the job interviews and people being sick and everything sort of settled down again, now I can concentrate on uh, those artistic um, things <laughs> in my life. Right. Yeah. It's been, it's been great talking to you, Matt. Thank you again. You too, man. I'll talk to you soon, brother. Bye.